Welcome into the Good Buddies Anime Podcast. I'm your good buddy, Roger. I'm your good buddy, Brandon. And we're on episode two of Violent Evergarden. Well, not episode. Well, well episode ten of our show. Yes, ten of the show. Which is our second show discussing Violet Evergarden. Yes, and that's episodes five through eight. <laughs> yes. This is really confusing for that was me. A, I didn't that was think a, this out. That was really a, tra- a trail to walk down. <laughs> yeah. It's all uh, accurate information. It's just how you want to word it out. You got to parse things through. Yeah, you got to parse things through. Um, so, we are officially Roach Watch 2018 is done. So, so we would like to <laughs> after believe. after the Calvin Chronicles and Brandon completely decimating Calvin. I have not seen another one of those bugs in my house. I'm I'm still not comfortable with how that went down. I still don't feel safe okay. in here. But so, let's. Let me tell you about last week after you oh left, God. all right? Oh, you know how no. you said your skin was crawling? I was freaked, man. Okay, so my girlfriend was camping with her family, and I was at the house all by myself, and for the rest of the night, I kept feeling like things were, you were just me. You were just under yes. the covers. Yes, I'm like, oh, this is just freaking great. Oh, uh, you just got to take Brandon a hot shower. mind racing. You got to take a hot shower. Get those, get, those, get those wiggles off, man. Yeah. That's how you do that. <laughs> all righty, buddy. Let's go into... To what have you been watching? Oh, snap. All right. So. Uh, what have you been watching? I've been watching. I've been watching a show at the behest of a good buddy from work who told me, hey, this this is the same good buddy who when we first started, I told him we were we were doing an anime podcast. He was like, oh, cool. And then he wrote down on, a, on some receipt paper, like 10 freaking shows for me to check out. And I'm like, dude, like we've recorded one episode. Just check them out. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> but. He, he told me about this show and he explained to me a little bit of what it was about. I told him, you know what? That doesn't sound like my speed, to be honest with you. He's like, trust me, check it out. It's hilarious. And I watched it. It's on Verve. It's on, I think, uh, Crunchyroll or so one of those. So you trusted him? You checked it out? I checked it out. Was it hilarious? Let me tell you, this show was wet and wild. And I mean literally, if anyone out there knows what I'm talking about, it is literally wet and wild. It is called... Shimonetta, a boring world where the concept of dirty jokes doesn't exist, which is a mouthful, just like a big fat dick. Hey, and that's the kind okay, of humor is you're getting. That anime where it's like a that's like the kind of humor you're free... getting. So it's the whole thing is that it's the future Japan. They've had this. They've got this huge morality thing going you got on. Somebody that wears panties on their face. There's so the whole thing is that you have these badass little computers on your wrist, and they're also like in a necklace around your neck. And they're pretty cool because they have little holograms. You can look at websites, look at the news, all that cool shit. But also, they are tracking literally everything you say and do. Mm -hmm. If you say a dirty word, if you say cock, they will buzz. The decency squad shows up. You go to jail. If you draw something lewd, the little bracelet computer sees what you're drawing and says, hey, you just drew some titties. Uh, Buzz and the decency squad shows up and throws you in jail. Which is the show starts with this kid 
who is trying to be a good guy and he's real trying to be decent. Um, you find out that his dad was a so-called erotic terrorist and is in prison and he ends up running into and one way or another, uh, becoming part of a group with this erotic terrorist who calls herself blue snow, who yes, wears panties on her face, runs around screaming cock and balls and wears only a sheet over her naked body because that way if anyone does try to tackle her and stop her then they're responsible for exposing her which is even worse so it's mm. it's so crazy and this is the thing I, I think i've been pretty candid about not being super down with like shit that's like so clearly like just like sex comedy like too too sexy comedy like mm-hmm. just ridiculous like what's the point of this why are you doing that well this is the thing there is a point to it in the show like it starts with that and it gives it a reason to exist like that last episode of gamers i that really bummed me out because it's like well why why is this even happening you know like you know these titties and stuff you know they're in the hot springs and the steam's you over get them, bummed so you don't too see damn easy son well no this is the thing that <laughs> it's just like it's the, it's the fan service argument like well there's no point in this it's just it doesn't add anything to the story why is this happening this that's the whole story it, there's a reason for it to be happening so it worked for me i actually did enjoy it I will say that. Now, I will also say this show is not like gamers or any other, most of the other animes I've seen where they do not bother putting the little steam cloud over the nipples. They show the whole titty. Mm -hmm. And one, one character in particular, see, this is the reason that I think it works is because the whole, like even in the first episode, they make a point of pointing out that since there's no talk about sex or anything lewd, that literally these high school kids don't even know where babies come from. They have no kind of sexual education or anything. And so this one character who is the most prudish, the most pure, develops feelings for another character. And she thinks, oh, this must be what love feels like. This is what love is. No, it's lust. You're just real horny. Real, real horny. And she does some of the most ridiculously perverse things, not realizing that they are because, well, how could this be wrong? It's love. No, no. And see, that's the point, I think, is that it gives it an excuse to be so lewd and ridiculous. I'm not saying it's good. I am saying literally wet and wild. Like it is. Did it have you laughing? Man, did you? I did laugh quite a bit. There was, there's, there's some parts in particular where, good God, I'm, I'm amazed some of the crap they did. There's a bit where, uh, the the dude is trying to avoid this girl because she is so so very horny for him, and she at one point manages to pounce on him. And she's, for some reason, very strong as well. She picks him up like she's doing the the ultimate muscle, like, buster thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Where, like, she's holding his legs up and, like, his, her, her, his neck is on her neck or whatever. And she slams him down and she's standing over him. And then someone walks in on him, like, right then. And, I mean, she floods her basement on him. And, like, this is the kind uh. of shit we're talking about. <laughs> it's... It's a lot to take in, Roger. <laughs> but I did I did think it was very funny. Um, there is a lot of like com- really immature humor, but there's also some stuff that's like, okay, that's pretty hilarious. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that show. I did enjoy it. I can't say I didn't then watch the whole thing. It. I definitely that, watched the whole that's thing. That's it. That's all yeah. there is to it. I don't know. It's 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 certainly a thing that you could get away with calling sex positive, even though it's just like 
titty jokes, dick jokes, titty jokes, dick mm-hmm. jokes. But it was it was a fun time. It was a fun show. I will say this: the fucking closing theme rips so hard. I love that oh, shit. Oh man, I like that. It was badass. I would uh, say watch the first episode just to get through that closing yeah. theme. My my buddy Clayton told me about that one. Yeah. Yep. It's not bad. It's definitely... When you said it, I was like, I know I've heard about that from somewhere. Yeah. And he told me, and I went and looked it up, and I was like, this looks like something I'd probably laugh at. And I thought to myself, I remember thinking, there's no way Brandon will like this. Yeah, I, I certainly <laughs> wouldn't have thought I would. But see, that's the thing. It at least has an excuse. It has a reason why it's so ridiculous and crazy. I think I think that's my issue with so, so much crap. So you just crap need a reason just, for it. It's got to it's gotta have it a reason. It can be there. You like just if need a reason. If, the whole, if it's a show about... Let's say there's a show about, um, I don't know, there's these kids and they're in high school and also they uh, have a fight club. I'm making shit up. There's a fight club. And then there's a scene in that show where one of the guys walks into the locker room and sees a girl's uh, girl undressing. He's like, whoa. And then there's just you see a butt shot for a second. It's like, well, what's the point of this? This has nothing to do with the so, fight club or whatever. So it's not like not even a good enough point that it's in there for somebody to pause and some, you know, some guy to whack off to. See that maybe a girl to whack off to. Well, someone could whack off to that. Sure, well, that's what I'm saying. To. Is like, but does look, that give it purpose? Wanna, does that give it a reason? No, it doesn't because <laughs> that has nothing to do with the show. That's what I'm saying. This one, this show at least gave you a reason okay. why there's you. so many, so many ding dongs and titties out. Um, even though there's not, I mean, there's not that many ding dongs and titties out until you get to the later episodes. But shit, it, shit gets wild. Uh, Clayton, back me up. Literally wet and wild. That one girl in particular, <laughs> Jesus Christ, she leaves a fucking trail through the hallway, dude. It is. <laughs> It is wild, wild stuff. It ain't for everybody. I'm not saying go out and watch it, but I mean, if you if you think you can deal with that, I guess go for it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's hard to say I didn't enjoy it because I did watch the whole thing and yeah. it was very. I laughed a lot. But yeah, that's hey, what man, I've been maybe watching. Maybe like prison school. I <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been watching. What have you been watching, Roger? So I I watched the new episode of Full Metal Panic. I watched the new episode of Megalobox. I am nice. still. Real into Megalobox. I really gotta watch Okay, that. that damn show. Those episodes need to be longer because they go like that. Yeah. They go fast. They're like, oh, another. Like, there's no commercial another break or whatever. One. Back in the day, whenever, you know, we were young teens and stuff, we could make it home to Nami and watch Dragon Ball Z before mm-hmm. the show had finished airing. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like you got a substantial chunk there because there were commercials and stuff. This feels like nothing, dude. It goes so fast. It feels like you've been watching for three minutes and it was 25. Damn, dude. It's just that good, dude. It is, dude. You just start sucking it in. Just <laughs> All right. Sucking it in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, Megalobox is really awesome. Um, I actually posted up on the, the Waco Anime Friends page or whatever whenever I asked for some questions. I saw you. I like, I saw here's, that. here's a song you guys can listen to to think about. I, I didn't listen to that song. I kind of want to just watch the show. So I really need to do that. It's so good. Outside of that, I have finally started the new Berserk series. Um, now, I have You heard, say new. How new is it? Uh, 2012 were the movies. It was coming off in 1997. That's when gotcha. the original Berserk came. So the most recent anime. run of yes. Berserk. Gotcha. So there were three movies put out, and all three of those are they comprise the 1997 series, aside from the different ending, mm-hmm. uh, because there's another character and stuff there. A whole. Um, and I always meant to get... I love the 1997 series, and I always meant to get to those movies, and... I have heard how bad the animation is time and time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. 
and you didn't want to believe it. I actually didn't care. I was like, I was like, oh, they're talking about the CG because it was one of it was one of the series right on that wave of CG things. Yeah, I've never been a fan of CG in general. Uh, I can handle it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, CG, whatever. I go into this thing, and man, these movies are bad. <laughs> the The movies themselves aren't bad, <laughs> but the animation is really bad. I I spent like ten minutes on Netflix trying to figure out if I had a slow connection to the internet or something. Your glasses because, were fogged yes, up. Yes, I cleaned my glasses because <laughs> it is just a fuzzy image. It looks like it never focuses. You went and wiped down the screen and yes, I, I didn't wipe down the screen, but <laughs> I should have. I should have just kept going all the different things I did. I did go check three other anime to make sure that it wasn't just a low stream on that. It's just. That's just how they look. They just well, okay, look out of focus. Okay, maybe it was just a bad rip, though. It wasn't. It wasn't like a bad it's on upload Netflix. or something. It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, I'm. That's crazy. And then I, w- I was like, okay, I made it through the first one. It was good. Um, and then I went into the second one, and it's the same damn animation. I was like, oh, help me, help me. So I haven't. I'm gonna go back and finish it because I did go on to uh, Verve. And check out the animation for the new series that's being uploaded. All the stuff after Berserk that mm-hmm. we've never got to see on, a, you know, video format. Gotcha. Uh, and it looks okay? The, oh, yes. It looks much better. It's still CG. It's still a little disorienting. But at least it is crisp. I'm going to need to, like, load up one of those Netflix things just to see what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, maybe before you leave, we have some time. We'll, I'll show you, dude. Because it's... Painful? It's, yeah. You it had was to hard. suffer through like, it is I what kept, you're saying? Yeah. Like, I want this story, and I want to do the whole refresher thing, but God, that CG <laughs> is bad. Oh, man. I'm sorry um, that happened to you, buddy. It's okay. I, I, I'm really excited about getting to that the other stuff that I haven't seen yet. So, there's that. But that's what I've been watching. I've been trying to <laughs> slowly go through Berserk. Word. Um, we I, I finished out right before last week, uh, Ancient Mages Brian. That one was very good. Uh, Magus's Bride or whatever. And this week I started Berserk and it turned me off for a little bit. I had to go and watch some of the new season of Ancient Aliens, but I'm about to hop <laughs> back on Ancient it. Ancient Aliens! Damn it, Roger! <laughs> Damn they should it, make a uh, freaking anime version of that. No. Just the same show, exactly the same. They just turn everything into anime. No. I would freaking love it, dude. Will that I'd dude be... with the weird eagle hair be on there? He's yes, like... dude. He's gonna have the super big Spike Spiegel hair or something. Oh god, that sounds <laughs> awful. You and your fucking ancient aliens. I don't. It's a good show. Why are we friends again? I'm kidding. It's a good I'm show. Kidding. It's a good show. Alrighty. So we talked a whole lot about what we're watching. You guys, let us know what you're watching wherever you're listening to this at. Hit us up on Twitter at uh, tgb underscore uh, anime pod. Sorry, right. I had to think about it. TGB underscore anime pod. It's all lowercase. It's on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, and if you're on YouTube, just comment below. Let yeah. us know what you're watching. Yeah, man. All righty. Violet you, Evergarden. Are you saying we're about to break it down? We're about to break it down. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> all right. Episode five. You write letters that bring people together? That's a yeah, question. This was, uh, we talked about this for a second. You seemed like you weren't like super into this one. Maybe. Which one? The, the This episode five. Oh, yeah. It was just... Actually, I liked the episode. I actually liked all of these episodes. I liked them a lot, too. Quite a bit. Um, It just... It started off, like, weird. Yeah. Like, well, we're going into the whole arranged marriage thing. Not yeah. Granted, they... Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I don't know how to feel also, about the, all this. Also, the, the, the girl in it is it's definitely not she's cool. She's just a big baby. She's like literally 14 years old. We also find out that's how old, uh, approximately how old um, Violet is, too, yeah. which was fairly shocking to me. But, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But here we go. All right, this one starts with uh, Hodges at the Department of the Army or whatever. Uh, meeting with some higher up. Um, they talk about the possibility there'd be more war with the nor- North uh uh, what was it, Gerderick? Gerderick? I can't remember the nation or whatever. Yeah. But uh, he brings up Drosel's public love letters, a symbolic gesture. <laughs> All these towns sound like Beyblades, dude. <laughs> Drosel versus Flugel. Lead, <laughs> leading, schlaflich. All right, yeah. metal leading. Anyway, uh, it's Drosel and Flugel, which apparently are. Uh, it's a symbolic gesture between them. The you know they're gonna have. Some of the royals get married off, and uh, it's going to be like a big thing showing that they're united after this war and whatnot. Uh, Violet, we find out, is being sent to help write these public letters. Uh, she is greeted by the uh, I, I don't know I don't know this lady's exact title. Um, we find out her name is Alberta, but she's like a I guess a, a nurse or a maid. Yeah, she's to the, the, the caregiver. Like to the caregiver uh, to the princess. Who yeah. apparently her parents just aren't around at all. It's like yeah, it's like her butler or maid. Yeah, essentially. But like like kind of a maybe like more than that maybe because like she seems like the person that she's closest to. She doesn't have her mom and dad aren't around. Well, apparently. is Bruce Wayne not close to Alfred? Well, that's what I'm saying. But I mean like I don't know. Same difference, dude. It's I think it's the same difference, really. I guess. But yeah, this thing, this whole episode is ostensibly like the love story between this princess Charlotte Eberfreya de Rosel. And uh, the fella from the neighboring kingdom who she's to be married off to, Damien Balder Flugel. Um, but I would dare say it's as much that as a love story between this girl and her maid. Because she, I mean, she cares very much for yeah, her. Like, like there's like a lot mother. of moments. Yeah, She's as close to a mother as this girl appears to have, even though mm-hmm. she clearly had an actual mother. Anyway, she's arranged to be married. Uh, Violet meets the nurse lady. She is introduced to the princess. The princess is laying in bed, doesn't want to get up, blah 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 but she does eventually gets her all dressed. She's sitting there with her little fan. <laughs> um, and yeah, the basically Charlotte here, princess Charlotte, not queen Charlotte. That's different. Um, she is, uh, to arranged to be married to this Damien guy from Flugel. Uh, it's mostly symbolic. They're going to have these public love letters to show to the masses. Their, their love is true and whatnot. And Violet is going to write for the princess. And, the princess actually asked Violet uh, how old she is anyway. She actually says, um, she says something. Uh, it feels like I'm not even talking to a human when she's talking to Violet, which, mm. but um, she Robot. she Robot. asks her what her uh, how old she is, and Violet says that as an orphan she doesn't know her true age, but she's been told she's around 14. Princess is is approximately that age too, 14 or so, and she says she uh, seems like she's unsure about marriage with such a big age difference. This Damien person is actually 10 years older than her. This fuck's 24 and she's 14 arranged marriages and eh, shit happens or did happen. I don't know. I feel ways anyway. Um, Violet says that she understands that uh, her understanding is that these kind of things happen anyway, that such an age difference isn't really a big deal. And the princess retorts, well, even if there's no love, and Violet has a hard time responding to that. She doesn't fully understand love, as we've found out already. Uh, 
of course, the the princess, she's a bit bratty, we find out. And she says, then what good are you? Um, and then she, she gets all angry. She says, can't you even ex- at least change your facial expressions? And Violet's like, I'm sorry, uh, one moment. And she, like, pinches her cheeks and then squeezes her face together to try and make a smile. And it's pretty adorable. Like, even though, like, Jesus, Violet. But, yeah, she, like, squeezes her cheeks to try and make herself smile because she can't just do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we cut ahead. Violet writes the letter. It's very good. Um, talks about the moon and the flowers as requested. Apparently this was part of the, uh, the thing we find out fairly quickly that, uh, Drosel and Flugel have these flowers that are associated with them. Drosel, where the princess is from, who Violet's writing the letters for him, uh, is all camellias. Yay. My favorite. Um, whereas Drosel appears to be, uh, roses, which is pretty great. Um, so yeah, it, uh, the letter's quite good. The princess is, you know, satisfied, but, you know, still doesn't totally seem comfortable with this whole, um, uh, arrangement, but she, uh, the response from Flugel comes through. It's just as, uh, you know, as flowery as the language that, uh, was used in the other. And the princess, when they read the letter off, that we also see that the letters are being posted in public so that everyone can um, see see these. And like, it's like it's kind of like a like non a, a no TV version of a reality show. Like mm-hmm. you see that everyone's seeing these responses. All the public is, um, which is pretty interesting. Makes for some good scenes later. But the princess runs off frustrated when the response is read, and it seems. It seems like she's upset that she talks about not understanding the the prince's true feelings later. So there you go. Uh, Maid Lady tries to talk to her. Uh, We find out her name's Alberta. And she she tells the princess, I won't be there. Uh, Once you get married, I won't be with you anymore. And the princess is so mad and she screams at her. You belong to me. You've always been there. You belong to me. And she says, no, I don't. And I'm not going to be there when you get married. And then the princess like that's a very childish thing she says you belong to me but then she says well then at least t- say that i belong to you yeah something cuz she doesn't she can't stand to be she's a part of she's an odd character like she's well that's the thing like that's she's that's really a what's off putting about this episode i don't i, I mean i i would agree I with you i thought it was a good episode but i think she was what was off putting i would agree it. with you there but that's the whole thing is that she 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 doesn't know how to express her feelings and she doesn't know how other people are feeling either. She's kind of a violent in that way, but she's so rambunctious and over the top with everything she does. Like right there, that was a big turn for her. She's saying you belong to me. And she says, no, no, I don't. That's not how this works. And she says, it doesn't matter if I, be- if, if you do or no, don't then at least say I belong to you. Cause what she mm-hmm. wants to say is I don't want you to leave. I want to be with you. Yeah. That's what she wants to say. She just can't, she doesn't know how to, how to do that. Which I, I thought that was a really that was a really cool flip she did there. Uh, you belong to me. Well, then if not, then say I belong to you. I thought that was very good. But I mean, what she wants to say is, you know, I want to please stay with me. But she doesn't. Anyway, um, Princess doesn't care about the next letter. Violet wants to write one with her, and they're they're in the garden. Um, we see here, like when they're in the garden, the, like I said, camellias are the symbol of this place. This place is like surround. There's camellias everywhere. When Violet first arrived, she was walking. There were like little camellia blossoms laying on the ground as she was walking up. It's really great. Um, love me some camellias. 
Um, but she says she doesn't care about the next letter. The probably uh, the prince probably isn't reading them. His responses come from a doll too. And she says it doesn't matter what it says. The daming I met wouldn't use those kinds of words. Um, so then we have a flashback where, well, she tells she tells uh, Violet, "Can I not be the princess for a second? And can you not be a doll? Can we just talk?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, that's nice." So flashback, it's the princess's tenth birthday, which by family tradition for her her people is like old enough to be married. So there's a lot of suitors there. Everyone's just coming up and introducing themselves. Oh yes, I'm from Bloody Blah Place, and uh, we have the Bloody Blahs. You want to be a Bloody Blah? Like it's dumb, but everyone's trying to you know chatter up all these all these guys from all these other families, these powerful houses and whatnot. And she says that it felt like no one actually cared about my birthday. They were just there to, you know, to to put on a good face and and try to you know, yeah, th- this would be a big alliance for anybody. So they're trying to get with her. Um, so she runs off, uh, she ends up in the garden and she's just sitting there crying. And that's when Damien shows up and says, it's okay to cry. Go ahead and keep crying. And the princess, she says, well, I don't want to cry. I want to stop. And he says, no, it's good to cry. And he says that, uh, he thought she was just some bratty kid, but, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he talks about how crappy the party was and how he'd cry too, if it was his party. Um, and he, he was being very genuine. It's my That's this guy's. I'll cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. Is this going to be another musical yeah. episode for us? I think every one of them will, dude. Oh, God. But yeah, that's what's happening here. He's, he's very... She ends up like falling for... Jesus. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is a thing for her. She ends up falling for him right then and there because he was like the only person at that party who was because genuine he, with her. He petted her. Yeah, he did pet her head. He did pat her head and like try to reassure her that it's okay to cry and whatnot. So we find out that after that, and see, this is a thing for me. It was like, like you said, the whole arranged marriage thing. That's kind of a bummer. But we find out that after that, she basically is the one who arranged this marriage. She did a bunch of research to see like, okay, how can how can this union benefit both of our nations and whatnot? And she talks to her her father and uh, the the diet he she says um, who's like some other guy. I don't know if he's from the other country or what. But basically, she makes every effort to arrange this union, and in the end, it absolutely works. She does, in fact, she says she does, in fact, love him. It's not just that it's an arranged marriage and she's not sure about that. She really does love him. She really does want this marriage. But he's afraid that she doesn't that he doesn't really love her because they only had that one moment and they're so different and he's so much older and I'm just a little crybaby. He wouldn't even like me and blah, 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 blah. And more than that, even if this does happen, Alberta won't be there to help, she says. And she really doesn't like any of this thing. She says those letters are a lie. She wants to know how does he really feel. And Violet says, okay, well, I've got an idea. I want to stop your crying, but I'm going to have to break the rules. Because her whole job there is to just write these letters and be done with it. So Violet fucks off for a little bit. And when she comes back, there's a new letter from Flugel. It is not typed. It is just handwritten. And it says, do you remember me? I was in the garden with camellias that moonlit night. And it's a direct, it appears to be a direct line from this prince. It's not 
paraphrase. He it's slid not into written. her DMs. He, <laughs> except it's public. Everyone mm-hmm. sees it. Even though, even yes. Well, it hasn't been in, completely invented yet, so they're, they're just working out the kinks. Right working now. out the kinks, but it is. It is. Moreover, it is not this poetry that they've been that they're supposed to be doing. It is a real handwritten direct thing. And Violet says she spoke to his doll, and they're going to be doing direct correspondence. Granted, it's still going to be public. It's printed in all the papers. It's posted everywhere. There's town criers. blah de blah Do you remember me? Like this crap. And that's how they're going to do it. And so we get like the next several minutes are just them like going back and forth, writing each other and, and their responses. So she says, I do remember you laughed at my tears, but you said I it was, was okay really to cry. I was really curious how long it took to get each response. Like, how how much time was that? Between? I don't know, man. We don't know how far these nations are from each other, but eh, it's probably this is probably several weeks, I would guess, because they have several responses back and forth. Yeah. Even if it takes, like, two days to actually get one written, posted, and whatnot, then that's still, like, you know, at least two weeks that they're doing this shit, because they have several responses back and forth. And there's no telling. Um... But yeah, they don't really they don't really give you an idea of how long it's been for anything yeah. in this show. That's why I was just curious. Like I was I thought about it while I was watching. Yeah, it. yeah, I get that. What time is um passed? but she says, um yeah, yes, I do remember you. You laughed at my tears, you said it was okay to cry. Um and he's uh, she's actually says she 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 was kind of upset when he laughed at her. And he says, I only laughed because you were so sweet. Um I didn't mean to offend you. I'm not so mature myself. I'm sorry. I want to know what kind of girl you are. And the people love it. We see people like reading these when they're posted. And there's these ladies saying, oh, my gosh, it's like a real love letter. Oh, this is so good. And then yeah, she responds. Like a tabloid. Yeah, it, it, it literally it's a reality show. Like they're all just mm-hmm. they're all just watching it happen. It's it's pretty great. I really I, I like this episode. I thought it was very cute. Um so she responds to, I don't want to know what kind of girl you are. She says, well, I'm hot tempered and I'm a crybaby. I'm probably not the girl of your dreams. And then we see like these two dudes sitting in a bar, like reading it in the paper. He's like, oh man, he better, he better be not, he better comfort her. She's, she's putting it out there. Whoa. And then the prince responds, well, I'm used to cryberry crybabies. I have a little sister. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. Yeah. And he says, uh, but I'm I'm not so great myself. I'm probably not the man of your dreams either. And it's like these two another like dude like reading the paper. Oh, why'd he say that? Just tell her how you feel, man. <laughs> and she's like, Well, I'm already over um, I'm already head over heels with you. What do you mean I'm you're not the man of my dreams? And uh he says, Well, because well, only because of that letter. That was just that first letter I sent, that was just a doll typing it. And it wasn't even my, you know, my words. And he says, and she says, uh, no, not the man in the letter, the man that comforted me those four years ago. And he's like, oh, that was just one moment. And she's like, yes, but I cherished it forever. Ah. It was a great moment. It just goes back and forth. It's really this great. This magic moment. Here we go again. What's up with you? I don't know, dude. A just... moment like this. I don't know if that's the same song. I don't know. I don't know what you were going for. I don't know what you're saying right now. I'm just kind of making up words as I go. Please stop. But that is a song. I don't think it's the same one, though. All right. Anyway, I was doing some Kelly Clarkson. You just just stepped on my shit. Anyway. Maybe it is the same one. No, don't look it up. Go ahead and just keep talking, Don't look it up. This doesn't... All right. Um, But he says... uh, He responds... um, well, I'm not so good. You might someone you might find someone better than me. I might actually leave to go hunting and you'd be alone. And she says, 
better like what do you mean i might find someone better as long as uh all i care about is that someone is genuine and to me that's all i need uh you're the only one who's been honest with me and also i'm probably have better aim than you anyway like talking about hunting which i thought was pretty great and so she's like all stressing out after that last one because she was kind of like abrasive and the next response they get just says meet me in the garden tonight (gasps) and then they do meet and he says, well, it, he has his response, his real response there with him, a letter that he wrote. And he says, well, it seems my bride to be is a strong, smart, strong willed and funny. You'd make a good queen. Will you marry me? And she says, yes. And it's so nice. The song I was singing was I'm already there by Lone Star. <laughs> this is so unnecessary. Anyway. No, that's it's great. Fine, I'll have to look dude. it up. It's what makes it fun. Do you want to fight about it, man? You got to break up the monotony and recap in these episodes. I mean, hey, man. <laughs> that hurts a little bit. All right. I think you do a great job, buddy. But uh, anyway, the it's uh, the next day, maybe a day later. I don't know. But the uh, Violet has left by now. The nurse goes to wake up. Um princess charlotte soon to be queen charlotte and charlotte's already up haha gotcha uh which is uncharacteristic for her because she's usually just languishing in her bed just with all her pillows and stuffed animals but it is a comfortable ass looking bed it is very much so um but charlotte uh talks about how she she's gonna get married she's gonna live but she's clearly still afraid to leave alberta and alberta says to her and this is very I thought this was interesting because it's it's very similar to what we we know Gilbert said to Violet. He she says, "I want you to live a happy life," and that's it. That's all she wants for her. Um, and the princess like starts crying because she doesn't want to leave Alberta again. This is as much of their love story as it is anybody's. And she actually bows to her. The princess gets down on her knees and takes her hand and holds it against her head, and it's very. I mean, that's as much, she's as much a mother as she has. So it was a very, I mean, it's pretty much her mother. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very touching moment. You know, this person who raised her, who was with her, she says, uh, while she was in her mother's womb, um, she was still there with this girl and knowing that she's now leaving, it it is pretty touching. It was very, it was very sweet. I really liked this episode. So then we see Violet on the road with Catalea, who was in fact the prince's doll. Um, so we found that out. That's who was writing his letter at first. And she says, you owe me for this. Um, it wasn't easy to convince him. And Violet's like, yes, thank you very much. She says, yeah, steak sounds good. And she's like, oh, is that what I owe you? A yeah, that's a dinner. And then, uh, yeah, hell yeah, it sounds good to me. Fucking vegetarian over here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, get you one of them veggie steaks. I mean, even if I wasn't a vegetarian, if, if somebody owed me something, it's not going to be food. I want something better. <laughs> uh, you're nuts, dude. Oh. I'll take I'll take some expensive. I'm high class. I'll, I'll take one expensive ass meal. I'll sure as hell take that. Um, but anyway, um, it all shits the same, dude. <laughs> wow, wow, gross. But Catalea uh, <laughs> comments um, as they're standing there on the road that uh, it's a beautiful day, and Violet says, "Yes, it's a beautiful day for a wedding," which was nice. Or a, a wide wedding. It's a nice day to start again. All right. We got to stop singing so much. I don't know, man. I think the people like it. All right. Well, one of these days, if we ever have a good buddies meet up, we'll do it at a karaoke bar and it'll be great. I will not do any karaoke. No, but you'll stand there and watch. You'll have a good time. 
You'll do some carry. You'll do a song. Anyway, so uh, big coda to this episode. This is this is a pretty big one. Violet gets off her boat that she had to take to get to this place. She arrives at the port. She is met there by D3. Uh, Gilbert's Whereas I like to call him Dick Freed. He is kind of a dick. He is a massive dick. Does he free his dick? He's a does he free does he free dick, his dude. massive dick? <laughs> Zip. Anyway, <laughs> I hate him. Yeah, but uh, such a cunt. He's a, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Now, you won't say pussy, but you'll say cunt. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's excessive. Um, so he meets her there, uh, and he's with some other people, some soldiers perhaps, and he says, "So it's true, you became a doll." The one who killed so many of my comrades. And we see a clip, a flashback of Violet. Um, Opening up a, a little can of whoop-ass. Just, just slicing folks up on this on this boat, uh, on some ship. And there's so many dead people there. And he says, writing letters with the, the very hand that killed so many. And, like, he clearly is not cool with it. And Violet's a bit taken aback. But that's where the episode ends and he, he says that last line which is the title of the episode you write letters that bring joy to people or something like that bring people together bring people together yeah it's uh yeah based on what we've seen of Violet and what we're gonna see in these next couple episodes it's a pretty big turn for her to be doing this but mm-hmm. yeah she uh but we get a little insight into but this guy doesn't treat her like she's a human at all he's yeah. never even once never ever ever no he, he would not dare he's a piece of garbage yeah he seems like a bad guy all right, episode six. Somewhere under a starry sky. And I really like this one. I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty good. Um, so this one starts with Violet and many other women on some type of monorail traveling up a mountain. And there's these two guys in this room. And this there's this big uh, building up on top of the mountain, which we found out is a big observatory. Makes sense. It's on a big mountain. And one of these guys says to the other, Leon, check it out. And Oh, look. All those beautiful women, all these, all these beautiful goils, and uh, Leon, this this guy who's sitting there is very nonplus. He does not care. He's just like, oh, they're just dolls. He says, I heard they dress up uh, like that, uh, dress up so much to marry a rich man or whatever. Like he's talking shit about him. And as he leaves his room, we have a little monologue from him where he talks about how he thought uh, he found the idea of dolls. Dolls are the these people who go around recording and typing these stories for people and and whatever correspondence and, and all that crap he found them for at first he found them disgusting and he was his confusion over why he found them disgusting he wasn't sure why but it made him so mad that he didn't understand why he found them so disgusting and this is a this is a weird guy he's a bit complex but we find out a bit more about him but um we find out that what's happening here is 80 dolls violet included uh, as well as some of her old friends, Luculia, Ibris, and Bluebell from her class. Uh, 80 total dolls have been brought to the Shahar Astronomy Headquarters to help the 80 staff members there transcribe a bunch of recently found uh, manuscripts that talk about all manner of things, historical and otherwise. A lot of real, like, important information in these old books and manuscripts that if you touch them they just fall apart you got to be careful and we need to take all this down and record it so that we have this information because it's not just an uh like a uh uh uh, uh what, what what did i call it like a, a astronomy center or whatever mm-hmm. it's also a giant library where they keep all yeah. this information it's very important work um 
and that's why they're all there. So everybody's getting uh, getting um getting paired up. Getting paired up. Actually, right before that, I thought this was great. Uh, Iris, Bluebell, and Lacoulier are there. They uh, talk about how inspired they were with uh, by her work with the princess. And I think it was Lacoulier says, "Oh, you seem down, Violet." And Violet does the wink, does yeah, the the, the cheek the cheek squeeze again to make herself smile. It's cute. Uh, so I wrote down here, guys and dolls are being paired up. Thought that'd be a fun. Guys and dolls, you don't even know what that is. All right, I do not. It's a musical. It's got do you some... know any songs from it? <laughs> I got the horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. All right, <laughs> that's enough. Look, me a lady was in that one. There was a. It's a good show. That uh, um, I think the perhaps the most popular movie version of that one featured Frank Sinatra, which is pretty great. Luck be a lady tonight. If we do do some karaoke, you yeah, know I'm going to break you. out that Frank. Anyway, you, you're gross. You usually do, man. I'm, I'm hey, he's in my register. <laughs> we got we got we got a similar vocal register. Anyway, uh, second coming of Frank Sinatra. Right just here, don't do that shit to me. We got anyway. him right here. Anyway, he anyway. Uh, I said we sing in the same key. How dare you? Um, they're all being paired up. Violet ends up with this Leon guy, of course. Uh, Violet does her little intro, which she also did in the last episode, which she also does in the next ep- uh, episode, which is, <clears throat> It is a pleasure to meet you. If it is your wish, I will travel anywhere to meet you. Auto Memories doll at your service, Violet Evergarden. Which she says this very much, like whenever she's introduced to whoever she's working for. But yeah, it's, uh, it's her little intro, and it's super great. Um, all the other guys are like, super excited to spend time with these again beautiful goyles but um leon has been pretty distant he doesn't really give a shit but when face to face with violet he is struck by her for a second and he like like he gasps and like just stands there for a moment so much so that the uh the guy who runs the place uh levelier i believe his name was is just like leon are you all right and he's like i'm fine and he like runs off real quick so they uh, they set up to begin their transcription, uh, transcription, and this first thing they're doing is a recollection of Ali's Comet 400 hey, years ago. I like that. Ali's Comet? Ali's Comet. Yeah, it's pretty great. As, a, as opposed to Halley's Comet. Very Haley's. similar backstory on it, too. Yeah. Comes around every 400 Oops, years. Uh, came around 200 years ago. Uh, it comes around every 200 years. This is a recollection from 400 years ago. Yeah. So twice before. Um, it will be observed again soon. And Leon, kind of a dick, he says, All right, I'll warn you, I'm fast. So if you can't keep up, you're going to be useless to me. And he is silenced. He just shuts right up when Violet pulls off those gloves, like everybody is. She pulls off those mm-hmm. gloves. You see those rad ass uh, adamant silver hands. And she's like, Yes, I understand. And they begin, and he's reciting. Uh, this book as he's going through it. It's a lot of very archaic language about this arrow of light and its impact and whatnot. Uh, Violet keeps pace perfectly. Yeah, she's a word behind. She only pauses when he does. Like, he stops for a second to, like, see if she's keeping up and she's like, she's like, ticka, 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 and he's like, blah, 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 and then she just, whoop. And he gets back to there's the a, body, a, body, there's body, a and he starts of, again. There's a couple of hits after he finishes. Like, it's, all, it's, like it's almost one for one, It's directly one word behind him. Yeah, but she is, like, right up on his shit. And uh, he's actually... He seems a little annoyed by that. Like, he's kind of bummed. But uh, I did mark this down. Um, he turns the page after... He seems a bit annoyed by, by how quick she is because he thought he was the badass. 
But uh, he stops for a second when he sees this illustration on one page, which appears to be a, a mother holding her child. Uh, we find out a little bit about his backstory in a moment. But uh, the the one of the one of the bits he says, which is quoted later on, I don't know if this will come back in any relevant sense, but I did like the quote. It says, uh, in the eternity of the land of fairies, they were blessed with a new vessel and its soul would be protected forevermore. And Violet actually quotes that later. Um, I don't know. might be nothing, but I thought it was a pretty fun thing. Um, and then he stops again and she stops again and he says, and she goes, oh, please continue whenever you're ready. And he's like, well, it seems you're able to keep up. And he just keeps going. So time passes. They finish for the day, 144 pages, just over three days of work. Dude is like holding his throat because his voice is tired from reciting all this shit. And she's just like, well, let me put my gloves back on. I'm a badass. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, man. But uh, Leon and Violet, we find out, have done more work than anyone else. And outside, uh, after after the day's work, and they're all like, you know, gonna get ready to, you know, fuck off and go to bed. He walks outside uh, to find Violet by herself, just staring at the sky. And they speak for a moment. Um, she talks about how traveling is very tiring for her. The work wasn't tiring at all. That's why she's out here. And Violet says, "I thought this was good." Uh, she talks about the value of her work. Uh, writing these thoughts and emotions of people. It's like a journal or a catalog for the future. And she says, I question if I'm worthy of this great work, which I thought that was pretty, it's, it's kind of deep. Like she's really considering these things. Uh, next day in the library, some rando dudes are talking about Leon to Violet. They're, they're basically trying to hit on her. He's like on the floor uh, directly above them, looking at some books, uh, trying to find a book and he hears everything. And these dudes are like, man, that Leon guy, I mean, sucks you're paired up with him. She's like, what do you mean? Well, he's an orphan. He doesn't deserve to work with someone as beautiful as you. I'm an orphan too. And I haven't, uh, I haven't led a decent life as you think. If that matters to you, then maybe you should avoid me too. And they're like, yeah, but you're different. I mean, his mother, I don't even know my parents' faces. Well, you're just defending him. No, I'm speaking the truth. And then they finally fuck off. Mm-hmm. These fucking dickbags. They leave, and Leon looks kind of bummed out that he heard all that, but he did. He does like seem a little bit hopeful that she was like defending him at least a little. Um, so Leon comes down, uh, goes to Violet, and she's like, "Oh, did you find your book?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." And she says, "Are you, she asks it? She asks him." I thought this was good. Violet asks Leon if he's okay because he looks kind of bummed out, and he says, "I'm fine. I just look like that." And he and she says, oh, I'm I'm told I'm expressionless. We're we're similar, you and I. Which I thought was pretty great. Couple of couple of robotic stone people. But uh, yeah, they're getting along. Mm-hmm. So we see Leon and his roommate for a second. Uh, his roommate, we don't we don't get his name, I don't think, but he's uh, recounting the day's work, and he says, oh man, she said uh, she said I'm cute. I got invited to the observation. And Leon just isn't even there. He isn't even like, doesn't even seem interested in what he's in what this dude's saying. He's just like sitting there thinking about something. And the guy says, I say we go for it. It's only four days until they go home. Blah, blah, blah. And the next, uh, next scene is like mealtime. Everybody's inside, you know, having the food and the lunch or whatever. Leon, Leon doesn't see Violet. So he walks outside. Uh, holding a basket with his food in it, which is like a big baguette and I think like some cheese or some shit. Mm-hmm. And he walks outside. Bread and cheese is a good meal. <laughs> it's a tasty meal. It's good stuff. 
And he throws some summer sausage in there. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he walks outside and he finds Violet. And he says, why aren't you inside? And she says, oh, it's a force of habit. Um, you're defenseless when eating or sleeping uh, to attacks from the enemy. And he says, the enemy? And she's like, oh, yes, I was in the military. Oh, but you look like a normal girl. And she's like, normal? And he says, well, yeah, just a girl. Which was kind of a weird thing, weird yeah. moment for him. And I think he he realizes yeah, he realizes it because it, he realizes he he's being to, a weird one, yeah. yeah. And he immediately tries to change the subject because that was kind of a that was kind of a weird moment for you, man. Yeah, you look normal. What do you mean normal? You know, just like a girl. Well, okay, I'm a person, shit. But <laughs> well, he, hey, man, I think you look like a boy. So, all right, well. Just a, just a normal boy. Look like Bitch, the, I'm me! You look like the boy. It's me, the boy. <laughs> Here he is, the boy. All right. Um, But yeah, he changes the subject, and he says, uh, he just he just blurts out, don't you want to see it? And at this point, he's, like, very nervous, because he clearly, like, wants to ask Violet to go, like, out, basically, to, to go watch the, to observe the uh, comet with him when it comes by. And he is strangling his baguette like he's just like like squeezing it and like tearing it in half a little bit like he is really going to town on that bread and uh he i wrote down he's strangling his baguette as he struggles to invite violet to this thing and she finally says oh yes i'd love to and he finally that's when he chills out after he broke it in half his bread is just destroyed now i mean it's still bread still eat it but jesus dude uh, and he like he just goes, okay, well, good. I'll see you at two a.m. at the thing. Bye. And he just like fucks off. Um, and he leaves. She she sits there. And there's a really great shot here where like she's sitting there by herself and she looks like off this. I don't know if it's some kind of balcony or what, but she's looking off and you just see this ocean of clouds because they're oh, so high this, up. Is this the scene with the clouds that are moving? The, the yeah, it's like an ocean of clouds and like this this uh, mountain range way off that are like holding all mm-hmm. these clouds and it's freaking beautiful. This show is so pretty. But um, anyway, it's the night of the observation. They meet on the roof. Uh, he gives her his cloak and some soup. He's being very gentlemanly. Nice of him. Uh, I mean, this is almost certainly the closest he's been to a lady since it seems like it's all dudes here. They're all just cloistered up, you know, riding and uh. And, and cataloging these these manuscripts and whatnot. So he uh, they speak for a bit about his family. And she remembers those guys before telling her, trying to tell, him, tell her about him. And he says that his mother was an entertainer. She traveled singing and dancing. She fell in love with a man and had a child. That child was him. And then one day, his dad did not come home. He, uh, he worked for Shahar, the same place he does now. But he was a, a guy who, instead of staying there and writing and studying and whatnot, he stayed there. He he traveled everywhere, collecting these valuable and rare books that you couldn't find. So it was a, it was apparently dangerous work, particularly when this war was going on. And then one day, he just didn't come back. And two years later, with people searching, there was no result. He was just gone. And he says, I think my mom loved him more than anything. So much so that she went to, she left home to go find him and left her own son behind. And he says, all love does is make fools of people. And I think this is very telling because this is where, one, we know that he he cared very much about his mother, um, which is why he froze up when he saw that picture in the book. It also explains why, perhaps why he 
was so upset about the very thought of these dolls who went mm-hmm. from place to place riding or cataloging or whatever. Yeah. Because that's the person that his father was kind of, he went around finding books and bringing them back. And then when he didn't show up, that's the reason his mom left like more, a very similar job to what Viola does. A very similar job to these dolls is the reason he doesn't have parents. He believes. So it really, you can see like where the dude's coming from. It's a real bummer of a story. You never get to know what happened to the parents though. No, I can't, I can't imagine you find out, but maybe, I they don't know. Threw us a little flashback in there. Or something. It'll be the, uh, maybe episode 10. We get a bunch of yeah. <laughs> recaps. It's, it's the bottle episode. We're like, Hey, remember that time we met that guy? Oh yeah. I heard that guy found his parents. What? No, I don't know. What? <laughs> That'd be crazy. But, um, he says all love does is make fools of people. And, uh, he says, well, what about you? Um, and she says, well, I don't have any blood relatives, but there was someone who always took care of me. And he says, well, aren't you, aren't you lonely? She says, well, I don't know what that means. He's like, seriously. And she actually says, I thought this was good. I'm unable to lie. <laughs> Yeah. Just pretty interesting. Sounds like something a robot would say. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But uh She and she understands what I know. I'm I'm kinda off the robot train, well, but no, we'll no, find no. out. Like I was talking about lonely or whatever. She yeah. this kinda adds to the robot argument. Like she knows the definition of lonely. She knows what it is. She does not know what it feels like. Yeah. But he uh he explained that 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 heavy feeling she feels when she doesn't see that person that she wants to be with or she wants to see that's loneliness. And he asks her, would you leave your job if that person needed help? If that person was in danger and she says, well, it's not even a question. And she says, I would rather die than live without them. And he says, I see that means you must be in love. And then he's cut off because right then she's like, look, the comet. And like they had seen the comet earlier. You could see it already. But now it's like close enough that its tail is just yeah, streaking like across the, the side. There's like an aurora borealis there. Yeah, it's freaking beautiful. It's so pretty. And they're both just like, oh, it's so pretty. And, and Violet then quotes that line from the book about uh, in the time of in the eternity of the land of fairies, they were blessed with a new vessel and its soul would be protected forevermore. I thought that was really cool. And that's the scene. Like they, they have a moment. You little learn a little bit about this guy and also a bit more about Violet. Mm -hmm. But uh, later uh, Leon sees her off when she's on her, her trolley thing going back down the mountain. And he starts telling her that, He's decided and he's resolved to to leave and do what his dad did. He wants to go out and collect books just like his father, just like Violet even. And he says, maybe I'll meet you again. And she says, yes. And she like, just says yes whenever he says something. And Leon seems like he's grown a little bit. And he says, um, I think the line from the thing that he from the title of this one, he says, uh, do you think and she's already too far away to respond by this point, which I thought was funny. Yeah. But he says, do you think if we uh, will meet each other again one day under this under that same uh, sky of stars or whatever starry sky that same starry sky and if we do will you watch the stars with me yes okay <laughs> it's like motherfucker she didn't say <laughs> yes but okay fair enough I like this I like I thought it was he a was, very I thought it Leon was a very was kind good of episode. an adorable character he's kind of a he's kind of a goof a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a dick but you know you saw him grow I don't think he means to be a dick. I don't think that lady. I, think in, I don't think. Like I don't think the Princess Charlotte that. from the last episode meant to be a dick, but no, didn't like I her. I didn't say she was a dick. Yeah. Anyway, you said she was I a said bratty. She was unlikable. <laughs> it's fucked up. Anyway, 
he says he talks about Violet here, and he says uh, she gave me the courage to move beyond uh, the doors I was locked behind, uh, the doors that he said earlier that he himself had locked himself behind. He didn't want to do anything. So I thought it was a very good episode. Yep, it was a good one. It's a good one, and we're on to episode seven. Episode seven has no title. It's just quotes. Mm-hmm. Just quotes. This is the one that made me cry. And I will go ahead and say now that once we get to episode eight, it's just nothing at all. Yeah, there's no there's no more titles at all, right? Well, there, not there for are that titles, one. but uh, nine is is has a title. Okay, but seven is just quotes, and eight is nothing. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so and again, all these all these titles, like if you look at it on the channel on on Netflix, it's just episode one, episode two, episode three. All these titles that we're reading off are from the actual uh like the last lines of the show they show these quotes like after whoever says the last line it just shows a quote that like is that line mm-hmm. but uh i think knowing so i mentioned this to you because i watched it i watched these on saturday just so i could like actually experience them and then i watched them again thursday to like take my yeah notes. how did that experience go because i wanted to ask about it, it worked pretty good um it was it was really Ooh. good to like actually just sit there and watch them i will say that um knowing what happens in this episode we're about to break down there was a stretch there where i did not take any notes i very purposely made sure i just watched it again um because it's a very emotional scene and ooh, ooh, tears coming down my face it was good yeah this one did make me legit cry um but yeah i think i was telling you that episode eight ends on a, a pretty pretty hefty cliffhanger mm-hmm. um and if I'm assuming that episode nine picks up right there, so you might even consider those a part one, part two. So maybe the yeah. title for nine is like for both of them, maybe. But since yeah, it, it didn't be. even have the quotes at the end, it really could be. That could be the. Uh... That might be the exact case, but we'll find out. So episode seven, uh, no title, just quotes. Starts with uh, Rogers just doing air quotes at me to tell me what the are you don't touch the mic. I did it on the mic. Jesus. Now you guys know. He went. Anyway. Uh, next episode, episode seven, Eric and Iris are at the playhouse. Um, it's apparently a show called the, uh, the red devil we find out, but, um, the scene on stage is like some guy and some King and the guy attacks the King, uh, after he says a line, the King says, and now having killed me, you and I are the same. And then the King dies and the guy says, now I must suffer with the consequences of the sins I have committed for the rest of my life. And then that's the end of the show. Stage goes dark, Are and you everybody sure it's stands Red up. Red Devil and not White Devil. I think it was Red Devil. <laughs> Why are you being weird? <laughs> that's not even funny. What man? All right. You well, want to talk about the White Devil? Uh, it's weird that you're you're talking about the White Devil, man. You pouring some white guilt fire, a kerosene on that white guilt fire. What's up? What you talking about? I don't know. You being I'm not weird? White. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> one of these, one of these fucking guys. You're the worst. Why are you even? Cut all that out. Anyway. Why am I even, no, I, couldn't, I ain't cutting dick out, dude. Anyway. Let's get to the episode. You don't cut dick out. You whip that dick out. Anyway. Yeah. I watched the entirety of that fucking show, <laughs> and now everything's a sex pun to me. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, so, later, Erica is talking to Violet, and Violet is apparently going to describe for the writer of that play, Oscar Weber. And uh, Erica's jealous because she wants to spend time with that guy. And Violet is actually uh, reading the play right then. And she reads back that last line again, 
very, very telling, you know, some foreshadowings here. She reads back that last line, I must suffer the consequences of the sins I've committed for the rest of my life. Uh, show's going to make me cry some more. So, uh, Violet has apparently been getting many requests since those public love letters, and we see Catalea talking to Hodges, and she asks, have you spoken with her about the major? And he says, no, I haven't. And she's, like, upset by this. But we then cut to Violet, who has left the port. She's gone on her trip. She's now arrived at the home of Oscar Weber, the writer. And this fuck... You ever seen Secret Window? Mm-hmm. This fucker looks like the guy from Secret Window. He looks like Johnny Depp in that movie. Yeah. He's all disheveled. He's got these glasses. He just look, And he's a writer. He just walks around in a bathrobe all day. He looks like a real... A real chronically depressed man. <laughs> he looks like the real deal. He he looks very upset, very sad. But um, uh, yeah, I wrote down uh, this fucker looks like a dude from Secret Window. He's living a very mess- messy life, disheveled appearance. Uh, he drinks constantly. Lots of booze. And yeah, Weber is a bit surprised by her appearance. Uh, we hear a monologue from him, and he says uh, that she her the same color. She had the same color hair, and he reminded she reminded him of. Uh, the girl who he wants to see again, the girl whose name he can't bear to say. It's like, oh, no. So uh, Violet asks him not to drink while writing, and he says, well, I can't write if I'm not drunk. And he's like, and she's like, well, that's bad, though. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, man. Uh, Violet takes off her gloves, and this grungy fucker is the only one so far to see that and just go, what happened? <laughs> Like he's the only one to actually ask this this son of a bitch. I like your voice for him. What happened? That's how he talks. What happened? What happened? So Olive takes the sword and like that's how he talks. Yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like. Anyway, uh, he actually he actually is 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 perhaps bold, perhaps rude, perhaps just not caring enough to ask what happened. And she says, "Oh, I I lost my hands in the war." Well, there you go. Simple explanation for a simple question. Um, so the next day, uh, the dude ends up like passing out. She says at one point, why must he be so difficult? And the next day she's cleaned up the area. Um, and she, she's planning to start typing. She says, do you have any typing paper? And he says, no, uh, they sell some at the, at the porn in town. Why don't you go get, go buy some. Yeah. And he says, uh, he says, also get, uh, get some dinner. I want cabin carbonara. He says, what a fucking dick. Yeah. And Violet's just like, sir, I'm here to be a scribe, not a mate. He's already passed out. He's already drunk and passed out on the couch. And she goes, why must he be so difficult? Like, <laughs> I kind of love their dynamic. I, yeah. I kind of adore what this episode, this is a very good episode. Yeah, I, I really like this episode a whole lot. But she ends up going to the port, to the shop. She buys the stuff. Uh, she gets some ingredients. She has a scene with the shopkeeper where she's like holding an egg and he's like, anything else? He's like, how do I cook this? <laughs> <laughs> she's just holding an egg, which I thought was funny. But she tries to cook at home. She cannot break these fucking eggs properly to save her goddamned life. But the food does end up getting made. Um, and dude, like, tries to pick up these noodles with his fork. And it's just, like, the whole thing in a giant clump on his fork. Like, it all comes up at once. And he takes a bite. And he's like, you know, it's pretty good for your first try. So later, uh, all of his liquor is gone. He's running around like, oh, I had some over here. No, I had some over here. All the booze is gone. 
Um, Violet uh, tells him that she has hid them as it would hinder the writing process. And we need to get to work. And she sits down. She's at the typewriter. He's laying on the couch, like with his arm over his head, like just thinking as he's saying these words, stage direction, blah, blah, blah happens. Water spirit says, blah, blah, blah. And they, water spirit says, see? <laughs> water spirit says, yeah, see? You're looking for some water, see? That's how he talks. He did a douche. All right. But, looking um, for the frog, see? So Violet's typing up the play. The story is about a girl named Olive who is questing to get a sword to slay a monster, and she's helped by these elemental spirits. Uh, the only ones they mention are a water spirit, an air spirit, and a fire spirit later. But, um... Yeah, Violet is enthralled yeah, by the she's story. Loving this she story. really, really likes it's it. It's a children's story too. Yes, so. yes. Web Weber uh, is relieved to hear her say that, and he says it's his first time writing a, a children's it's a, it's story. It's the first time you really get a feeling for that Violet is younger. Yeah, yeah. She's she's clearly like super into this, um, and they they talk about how Olive. Uh, she says, so Olive needs to cross the valley to find this lord and save the monster, but, and, and the Weber says, yes, but in doing so, she loses her ability to commune with the spirit. Same. Same. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's the worst and I hate you for making me think that's what it sounds like. Um, but then Violet just freaks. Well, well how is she going to return home? She already lost her boat. How will she return to her waiting father? Father. I can't talk. Father. And. Her waiting father. Shane. Her father. Shane. Yeah, Shane. Her father. Daddy, daddy, daddy's waiting. Um, but uh, Weber says, I don't know yet. And Weber says, let's let's step outside. He, he takes it outside. He says, the weather's good. It's too good, actually, he says. Um, and as he's standing there, he, his house is like... Oh, weather's good. Yeah, the weather's real nice too out good. today, she. This is the worst. Please stop. Like Tommy gun, she. Ticka, 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 she. I hate you so much. Yeah, the fat lady gets it, see. Yeah, the fat lady gets it, see. Yeah, all right. Um, anyway, that was from Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> um, but he uh, he steps outside. So this this house he's living in is this little cabin uh, near these woods. It's not in the woods. That's a different movie. But out in front, there's a little like a, a kind of a, a a bench, like a swing, a swinging bench kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And right beyond that is this pretty big lake. And the house, actually, there's like a little alcove of the lake that kind of is cut into the shore here. Uh, where there's like a trail going by and the, the, the cabin is right next to that. It's very pretty. It's very beautiful. And he walks out there and he just stands there for a second, like kind of taking it in, just drinking it in, man. And, uh, Violet walks out and she's apparently, don't shake your head at me. Violet walks out and she's found a, uh, she's found this thing. It's a, it's like an umbrella. And she says, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's a, it's just a parasol. And for a second, we see like a memory of this little girl. Uh, we know like a very a young girl who has hair the same color as Violet. It's like this kind of dusty blonde. Missing a tooth. Yeah, she's missing a tooth. She, that's how you know she's a little girl. She's a little baby girl. And she's holding that frilly parasol. And she, uh, she's just kind of like looking. She's like smiles up at him. Uh, you're seeing it from his point of view, obviously. Um, and uh, he says like Violet's just standing there with his parasol and he's like, oh, it's, it's nothing. And then, uh, he, he says, let's take a break. And he, well, goes inside, he goes upstairs and he's sitting by the window and he looks down. We don't know how much longer this is after that last scene, but, uh, at least a few minutes or some, some amount of time. And he looks out the window and he looks down and he sees Violet 
holding the parasol. He only sees it from behind, though. The parasol's covering her face. And she turns a little bit, and he sees her behind the parasol for a second. And he has another mem. Uh, he remembers that little girl again. And he flips. He runs downstairs. He goes out and he says he 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 he's angry. He says he takes the parasol and he says no, you stop that. And he takes it from her and he says go home. I I can't I can't I don't, I'm not riding anymore. Forget it. Go home. And Violet is distraught. She says no 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 no. I if I do that then uh, the play will remain incomplete. Um, and she says is there something you're hiding in your heart? And she says uh that she explains that she can't read emotions. She's very sorry. She's, she apologizes. And that, that is there something in your heart thing kind of stops him for a second, because obviously there is, it's a very, you know, it's kind of, it's getting kind of heavy here, but, um, he says, I, I can't finish the story, but I want to finish it for Olivia, my daughter. And we get a little, we get the backstory. So Weber, uh, lost his wife to an illness. And he moved here to this cabin with his daughter. This was actually their summer home. Again, he's a very famous writer, so obviously he's got money. But he kind of just fucked off with all that, said forget it, and he moved out here with his daughter. Um, Because that's all he had. She was the only person he had left. And he said that even though she was clearly upset about not having a mother anymore, she was always smiling, and that's what helped him get through it. Um, it helped him get through his, you know, being so sad and depressed, even though she was also sad and depressed. And he says her favorite thing, her favorite things were that parasol, a silly frilled parasol and water birds. And we see a scene where they're standing at the lake and this, this like crane water bird thing, like skims its foot across the lake and then flies up. And she's like, wow. And she, she wants to, she says she wants to, uh, uh, skim across the lake just like they do. She says, do you think I could walk across those leaves? And you see these fallen leaves like floating in the water. And he says, well, maybe if you let the wind carry you with your parasol. And don't say see. Um, and <laughs> she says, uh, I'll show you one day. And then she got sick. Yeah, she looks haggard. Yeah, she looks she looks pretty, pretty rough in these scenes. But she fell ill. And he says, after arguing with the doctors, and you see him like, in the hospital she's laying in bed and it seems like it's one of those there's nothing we can do situations Mm -hmm. you know and after arguing with the doctors and whatnot he says he he brought her back home so she can enjoy her last days and he says our our days were quiet and warm but my only hope and then he says why does god takes why does god take what's most precious to me it's a real bummer. The last thing you see of her is her is them sitting on that little bench in front of the lake, holding hands, yeah. and she's leaned against him, and then she's just yeah, she not there. Good. Yeah, she looks and really rough, and then she's just gone. And it's just him sitting there with his, you know, just looking down, all sad. And Violet's crying at this point, and she says, "Losing someone, I never knew it was so sad and painful." So later, we cut ahead. It's it's nighttime now. Violet's up in her room in the in this cabin. Um, she's biting her brooch for some reason. I thought yeah. that was weird. She's done it throughout the series. Yeah, she's she done it a couple back. times. Yeah, she just kind of like places it on her mouth. She's like, no, she literally bites it here though. Oh, okay. she like straight up like in her mouth goes kink, and you hear you hear like that. Oh yeah, yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah. Like she really, she really like chomps this fucker. Like you can hear it, which I thought was weird. It's like maybe that's like a coping mechanism. That's like a thing you do when you're a mm-hmm. kid. You put everything in your mouth. Maybe that's how she, 
I don't know. She's trying like to biting feel, your fingernails, or maybe she's just trying to. It's like a like a like a safety habit or something. It's, it's making her feel okay. I don't know. It was weird. She bites her brooch, but then Weber comes to the door. Oscar comes to the door and he apologizes and he says, "I'm gonna finish the story," and I vow that she will return home, and both Olive and the audience will be will be happy at the end. And they're writing again, and Olive defeats the monster, and uh, we're we're that to that part of the story now. And he's he's uh, talking all this, and he says Violet uh, defeats the monsters. Uh, the spirits begin to leave, but how to get home? And they talk about it for a second, and Violet's like, "Well, if her boat's gone, why can't she take a plane?" He says, "Well, maybe something more magical." See? And uh, a little more magical. See? Yeah, yeah. I need 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 some mana in this bitch. Grand see? Uh, can only express. See? <laughs> it's the worst. I want carbonara, right? All right. So he, uh, they get the idea. Uh, he says, "Oh, the parasol. That's perfect." So the wind, uh, he says, "Okay, the wind spirit comes one last time and flies her home. The parasol's her wings, and he, he, the wind spirit fills it with water, and she flies home." And Olive returns to her father, but, but, and he can't Wait, the think wind of spirit a line. Fills it with water? No, with air. Did I say water? My yes. bad. I'm in air, obviously. Say, it's a wind, it's a fucking wind spirit. There's some weird writing, Shane. <laughs> hey, you're all over the place with these characters, Shane. I don't know what's going on, Shane. All right, so, so he uh, he can't think of a line though for when Olive comes home to her father, and he says uh, Violet. Uh, he asks Violet to take the parasol and walk toward him from over there, and he just points out uh, so I can visualize it. And and she says, okay, from over there? And he says, yes, uh, across the fallen leaves in the lake if you can. And he's like, says it throwaway, like, as a, like, not serious. And she goes, understood. And she just takes yeah. off. And he's like, wait, no, shit. <laughs> and she's already on the other side of that little section of the lake. It's like maybe... 30 feet or so between them. There's just like water in this lake and yeah. then the, like these fallen leaves. It's like a little pond. Yeah. The, the, it's like, the, well, it's a lake, but like this little part is like oh, cut okay. in. It's like a very small area that like, it just kind of loops around so that they're, it's like a reverse, uh, uh, peninsula. Like it's just like a little cove right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, Violet's already on the other side of that. And he's standing on the other, uh, standing on this side. Um, just kind of like, looking at her like um is she really gonna try and she just starts chopping dude she starts running with these huge strides and she leaps into the air and it's all in slow-mo she's very pretty and she just she's so far in the air with this parasol open she's got that crazy arch in her back she's like woo and she's in the air she looks like princess Mm -hmm. peach and she as she's jumping across her heel skids across the water for a second and then she tries to run across the leaves and she hits a big boom like a big splash on one leaf and it looks like she's actually going to be yeah. able to do it for it a second. Like she jumped on that leaf. It looks like she's fucking nailing it. She's like she's like doing the she's doing like the Daffy Duck like run across the water or whatever. <laughs> but um the Jesus lizard. The Jesus lizard, yes. Uh and right then we get the this is where I started crying. We get a flashback, a series of flashback, but it starts with Olive uh, or Olivia rather Olive is the girl in the story Olivia is his actual daughter daughter and Olivia we hear her saying do you think I can walk across those leaves like she said before I promise uh, to show you one day okay daddy and then we have as the as we hear his monologue this next part we see all these scenes of 
Olive when she was first born as a baby. And then she's a little bit older and taking her first steps. And then she's laying in bed and it's bedtime and he's putting her to sleep. And, and then at the lake and then hand in hand. And finally holding his hand as she was sitting there dying in, on that bench. And the, the monologue he says is, because she just said, uh, I'll show you one day, okay, daddy? And he's weeping as he says this. How I wish I could hear you call me that a thousand times more. Shane. I, <laughs> I wish you didn't have to die. Shane. <laughs> please stop. If only you could have lived, grown up. How I wish that for you. Shane. And he's standing there at the lake. Come on, man. He's standing there at the lake and... He's, his tears are running down his face as he's thinking this and he's watching Violet. <laughs> and for a second, for a second, you see Olivia standing in front of him, holding the parasol. It's freaking goes, dude. For a second, she's right there. And then she's gone because she's already gone, of course. And he's just standing there crying. And it's, I wrote down at the top of this page, I am weeping. This one did make me cry. This was very, very touching. Weeping cheese, dude. Yeah, this she, one, this she, one, she, this she. one, please stop. <laughs> this one, this one, this one did get me. But uh, for a second, she's there with him holding his hand and then she's gone. And then, splash, Violet crashes into the water and she makes it like, she made it like maybe halfway across the lake, which is pretty fucking impressive. That's like 15 feet. Jesus. Yeah, it's a long girl has, girl has got ups. But, um... She crashed into the water and she I said, think she may have jumped on that leaf. I don't know. I don't know. It definitely it was they a great, left it to the imagination. This was a this was a very good scene. I will say that. I loved this one. But um she says, Did you see it? Did you see it? Like as she's sitting in the water now. And he he did, obviously. Um, and he's just still crying there. And then we cut forward, we're back at the port. Um Weber's talking to Violet. Actually, right before this, he has one last line where he says something like, um, I can't remember the exact line, but he says something to the effect of, I didn't believe in God before, but if I did, it would be her. Something like that. Like, it's it's a pretty intense like notion he's putting forth. But he, uh, they're back at the port. He's seeing her off. Um, and she sa- he, sa- he tells her that she can keep the parasol. And... She says, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And she says, well, I thought I could go farther. And he says, no, you went far enough. And he says, you were able to fulfill my Olivia's wish for one day. And that 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 term right there sticks with Violet for a second. Um, that one day. And on the trip back, we see Violet in her room with a parasol against the wall. And she's laying in bed. And she's thinking. And she remembers Hodges's Hodges when he was talking to her when he told her you're burning and then he she remembers the major who says who told her just live and she says am I allowed to he says just be free well can I after killing so many have I not taken someone's one day didn't they have loved ones too and then she remembers what she said to Hodges when he was talking to her I'm not I'm not burning and then now she says no I am I'm not I am burning for all the things I've done. And she just starts crying. And it finally hits her what exactly that meant. And it's all catching up to her. Like she's she's done a lot of good here. Clearly yeah. with these people. With these stories. With these. You know. Helping people get over their own shit. And, and like. You know. Really doing a lot clearly. 
but she's taken so much as well. Yeah. And she and now she's starting to understand. She understands. Too. She really gets it. And that I I really that 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 scene where it's she remembers the major telling her just live and she says, Am I allowed to? That fucking Ooh. That was a rough one. It's really the show's getting it's it's getting there, man. It's getting dark. Because you're crying, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. Um but yeah, she gets back to she gets back home, she gets off the ship. Lady Evergarden's there to meet her, uh, which is pretty nice. Violet apologizes for her behavior before, and the lady says, No, no, it's fine. Uh you're doing so well, and I'm sure Gilbert can rest in peace too. Bitch, what? And Violet flips her shit for yeah. a second. She's shocked. Uh, when she said Gilbert can rest in peace and she runs to the office. She runs in the Hodges's office and she, and she says, you told, you said he was alive. Didn't you? You said that he was alive. And Hodges tells her that after the battle of intense, which is a fitting name, uh, that she, she was found all alone in front of this church. Uh, there was no body. Gilbert wasn't there. There's no body. Um, they they he he suspects that he he pushed her out of the way or something uh before you know being hit by a mortar or something or they collapsed or whatever and she says well if they've they, the but and he says we didn't find a body but we did find his dog tags and she says uh he says that he was declared missing in act in action and violet says well then there's a chance if there was no body and he says no violet you must understand and she doesn't she won't understand. She does not want to understand, and she runs away. Yep. And episode eight. Episode eight. No title. No title on this one. Um, if my theory is correct, then the episode nine title will be like you know a one-two part probably for this. Right. But oh boy, yeah, I can't wait to watch the rest of this because this one ends on a a pretty decent uh, cliffhanger. But so this one starts back when D three, uh, Gilbert's brother, gave him Violet. And he says, uh, she doesn't have a name. I've just been calling her you. And he forces her into a bow. And he says, come on, you. Uh, say hello to the uh, major or whatever. And Gilbert, like, is shocked by this. He grabs her and pulls her into his chest and, and holds her. And he says, you can't treat a child like that. And he says, she's no child. She's a tool. A weapon of war. And, like, that's it. Old Dick Freed. Good old Dick Freed. Don't like him. But then Gilbert, if not reluctantly, agrees here to take her. He says, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take her. And he's like, all right, good. So then, current time, Naval Department, uh, Violet is out front. There's some soldiers there, and she is demanding to see D3. And she, uh, one of the guards says, hey, you, no, you got to get out of here. And he goes toward her, and she just takes this dude down like it's nothing. Just slams him on the ground. And then uh, D3 shows up, stops another guard from approaching her, uh, and says, you better back up unless you want to die, too. Unless you want to die. And uh, he looks her up and down. And he says, yeah, it's you. Once a weapon, always a weapon. And Violet, unfazed by that, just says, is it true? Is Ma- Major Gilbert is missing in action? And he says, "What?" he's a little bit taken aback. He says, well, you didn't know? Gilbert is, and he starts to say something. And she says, it's not true. He's alive. And he, he does the, uh, he kind of pulls the, uh, there's, there's a bit. There's a bit that this reminded me of in uh, Final Fantasy VII, because of course it does, where uh, Sephiroth is talking to Cloud and he says something like, uh, what are you saying? You have feelings? You have emotions? You're nothing. What are you talking about? Which was pretty interesting. But uh, he says, 
Dietrich says to her, why are you acting like that? You're just an emotionless tool. Why are you acting sad? You're acting, of course. You can't actually have emotions. You're, you're nothing. You're a monster. You're a, you're a tool. So she runs away again. Um, back at the office, uh, Catalea is chiding Hodges for being so blunt. And she says, you need to go find her right now. And we don't know where she is, but we see Violet walking on these train tracks. And it's morning now. She's apparently been out all day and all night. And flashback, Gilbert brings Violet home to some estate, presumably his actual home. Mm-hmm. And there's a maid there, um, and she's like, oh, who's this? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just just feed her and get her bathed and changed. And she's like, well, what shall I tell the madam? And I'm like, madam, what's up? Well, who is that? What's that about? But um, she, he says she doesn't need to know. Just, just get her bathed and clothed. And... He walks off and Violet bites the maid pretty much immediately when she tries to when she tries to lead her to another room. She just and just chomps on her. Uh, D3 runs over and stops it. And the next couple scenes are just Violet being incredibly unruly. She doesn't want uh, she doesn't want the clothes. She apparently struggled to get dressed. Um, Gilbert tries to give her a blanket and she like snatches it away and like jumps away from him like you too close, man. One of those. She's running around the house, um, trying to uh, trying to find him apparently, and she and the maid is screaming, "No, no, no, come back! You can't go outside!" And she gets to the door, and Gilbert opens the door right then, like, and she just falls down and like is staring up at him. It's it, she was clearly very unruly. We don't know exactly what she had been through, but I mean, she doesn't talk. She doesn't do anything. So. A superior, we get a scene where Gilbert is talking, Major Gilbert is talking to one of his superiors and he says that he refuses to take Violet to the front line and superior says, uh, no, she's a weapon, she's a tool, you need to go ahead and use her. He says, exploit her any way you can and then dump her when she's no longer useful. It's real fucked up shit. Yeah. Dick Freed, man. And that's not even Dick Freed, that's just some other guy, but oh, yeah. okay. That was some other dude. This was uh, some other superior. Yeah, it's, it's shitty shit. A lot of shitty shit going down. Um, so we get a brief uh, talk about what's happening in this in this next scene. I hope scene. they kind of explain, like, why why do they think that she's a tool? I don't know, man. We'll find out. But, yeah, they'll certainly explain Granted, it. Granted, she does seem kind of feral, but, you know. When yeah, they she's, like her, a, but... she's like a ravenous child. She's going nuts. But, um... I mean, we we don't know. We only know that uh, apparently D three found her in like some war zone. Um, maybe she was like you know an enemy combatant or something. Maybe she maybe they had like a child soldier thing and they had trained her to like you know be be such a warrior, be such a killer. There's no telling. Or maybe she really is a robot. I don't know. But um, so this next scene, we find out that the troops. Uh, on the front line are outnumbered two to one. They actually say it's like we've got three thousand, they got six thousand, so it's real bad. Uh, it's a war of attrition. It's an, and it's one that their side cannot win. Like they're they're definitely not going to make it. The enemy has now brought in cannons that are likely to break the front. And Gilbert and his uh, his his squad are being tasked to infiltrate their their camp and take out those cannons so that they can have a chance at like you know wiping them out and making an attack. So we see him at the camp. He's instructing Violet to stay at camp. He does not want Violet to come. 
And as he and his troops are crossing this river into the enemy territory, she just skips across their helmets, just runs across them like it ain't nothing, gets to the other side and just starts cutting throats. And this is one I feel like you enjoyed. This was yeah. a very cool scene where you know you see her just start whipping ass. It was a really cool scene, and I quite liked this episode. But the previous three episodes had me in like the... You were like lulled. It had me in the moment for more episodes like that. So this yeah. was a bit jarring. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's I think that's just good episode design. Yeah. Like you gotta it's you true. gotta shake it up. It's true. I just I I just wanted to kind of explain how. It was no no no. I totally that, yeah. get that. I totally get that, man. But yeah, she she starts getting thrown. We see that scene. Uh, we've seen it a couple times before. Uh, where Violet is standing in front of this big fire that's going on. We didn't know what it was then, but what happens is she cuts one dude's throat, she runs up on two more guys, cuts one of their throats, and kicks the other one over, and he drops this oil lantern that he has, and it just it, it goes everywhere. All of a sudden, these woods that they're in are ablaze, and she's just standing there uh, for a moment, uh, and she turns and like stares at Gilbert, who's like, you know, just got onto the shore with the rest of his crew. And someone says something like, they're coming. And Gilbert snaps out of it finally and, and gives the order to attack. And they all go in and Violet is fucking ruthless. There is no expression on her face. She's just running in. Cut this guy. Cut that guy. Kill this guy. Grabs a gun from this dude. She like cuts this dude, takes his gun, bashes another dude with that gun. And then as she's cutting this guy, fires the gun with her one hand to like blast <clears throat> another dude. She's yeah, going she, it's, nuts. It's, she straight up Hurricane Rana's a dude at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's strange too because so at this point, I mean, she's got to be 12 or 13. Yeah. And she's firing a, a military rifle without using the shoulder stalker. Oh, she's just, just a badass, obviously. Just, that would break a little girl's arm off. <laughs> Un- unless that little girl is Violet fucking Evergarden. I this guess is before so. she was Evergarden. This is before she was Violet even, but unless this little girl is No, this the is tool. when she's Violet. Oh no, they we see her get the name Violet later. This is before she's Evergarden. No, this is before he's called her Violet. Isn't it? No. Yeah. No, it is. Because that gets, scene comes up in a moment. The the scene where he calls her Violet, he names her Violet, is as soon as he gets her and he gets outside. No, her. that's later. We we're about to see it, dude. Are you sure? We're about to see it. Let me let me let me run through this. She Hurricane Ronald is a dude at one point. Uh back of the present. Violet goes over a river and through some woods to grandmother's house. No, to Gilbert's house, excuse me. Um, to find the home that Gilbert had brought her to. And she uh she knocks on the door that same maid answers and she asks if gilbert's home and she doesn't say anything um but she takes her out back and shows her gilbert's grave and we know that it's empty because they didn't find a body but mm-hmm. it's still there it's still vi- it's still solid it's still yeah, real yeah it's still a grave so the next thing we get is another flashback i think the rest of this episode is all flashback um, but we see Violet getting her name. This is the scene. Okay. It just feels like, I guess the first time they showed her getting her name was, so the way they did it originally was he, he got her for, he got her from Dietfried or whatever, mm-hmm. Dickfried, and then it shows the name right after that. But see, this is an important point there, is that, yes, that is correct, but... That was, we see that happen, and then shit happens in present time, and then we get another flashback, like, at the end of either that episode or the next one, where you see that happen, where you see her get the name. Yeah. When, in that scene where he gets her, she is wearing, like, just some rags. Sure. And then he takes her home. She's in, like, 
you know, pants and an, and an overshort. Obviously, not actually made for her. Yeah, now, like now I kind of get it. In that scene where together, she gets the name, she's wearing military fatigues. Had we fatigues. not ever went over this, I would have never followed through with that. Yeah, that's kind of bad. Like a bad the way they did the flashbacks originally. I disagree. It, I think I got the way it they right did the away. flashbacks originally well, does no, see, make it confusing. That's the thing is this is the episode where we're actually seeing those flashbacks in order. But it, this flashback ha- happened before where she got her name. Yeah, we saw that for a second. Only when she was talking to Iris about how Iris got her name because yeah. they're talking about the flowers and we see just that scene. There's nothing before or after that that's a flashback. We see just her remembering that scene where he gives her her name. That wasn't like, oh, here's a flashback, and then immediately this other flashback. That's how that happened. They were on the train. Mm-hmm. Iris is like, oh, yes, the, the irises were in bloom. That's hence my name, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then that's when Violet remembers that's how she got her name, because he saw Violet when they yeah. were standing there. Okay. Like, that was... No, I think I think they're I think they're doing it just fine. I don't fine. know. The, the ordering still seems a little yeah, weird. I think you it need to off. just watch the episodes again, maybe. But It seems off. You should only have to watch it once. Well, I watched it. I watched the that Why? those first one. I watched those first four <laughs> ones, and I didn't think what you think. All right, but whatever. Well, congratulations, buddy. Yeah, you're just bad at anime. It's fine. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we see the scene where Violet gets her name again, and when he when he does, he says, uh, "Your name will be Violet, and I hope you'll be worthy of that name." And blah blah blah. You'll grow. You'll grow into it. And she goes, "Violet." Like, that's the first time she talks. So in those other, like, even when he was talking to her there at the camp, he says, mm-hmm. no, I, I want you to stay here and you're not going anywhere, okay? And he just leaves. She doesn't say anything. This is the first time she's actually spoken to him. So we know for sure this comes after that. I get it. The timeline makes right. sense. Anyway. I'm saying the original ordering of the 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 flashbacks makes it hazy. I even mean, if they're not back to back. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't even in the same episode, dude. They might have been. They weren't though. I don't remember. But the they fact of the matter though. is, the one where she gets her name, Violet. The flashback before the that. The D3, her getting was, was was him getting her from D3. Showing. It goes I, in that let order. me. That's I will look through my notes, dude. No, for sure. The the episode where we see D3 giving Violet to uh, Gilbert was, I believe, episode two. Yes, four years ago, Porter Stanley, Lionel Shockland, Cora D3, Bougainvillea. That was episode two. Episode four is the one where you see the flashback where she gets her name. That's that's a whole episode in between there, dude. Is there, is there I any feel like, flashbacks in three? I mean, probably, but they that has nothing to do with the... I feel like you're you're kind of picking at this one, bud. Um, I, feel, I feel like I was just, at the doll training class in three. I don't remember there being any... I'm not just picking at it. You, I mean, you got it right away. That's fine. What I'm saying is, to me, it does not make <laughs> it as clear. It could have been written a little more clear. That was a whole two episodes between each other, though. Yeah, but it goes by very fast. I don't it's know, not man. like there's a, there's a whole lot of time. It, it doesn't even feel like two freaking episodes when you're watching it on Netflix. Because Netflix doesn't give you the intro or outro or whatever. It's just back to back to back. Well, like I mean, you have the long. option to skip the intro, but it I just don't. auto does it. No, it doesn't. The doesn't intro? It doesn't skip the intro. It auto skips the outro. Okay, the outro, fine. I, don't, I think it skips the intro. That's the for thing. Me a lot of, well, a lot of these episodes just don't have that intro. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. I. All I, I'm saying is I to get me, what you're saying. it was a little unclear. Oh, do you feel attacked but, right now? Because I didn't mean to attack you, sir. But you're saying. There's no way you could see this as unclear. I'm not saying I no I way. Now. I think I think it's weird that you didn't get it. I think I think I'm not trying to attack you, bud. Please calm down. Shane. <laughs> <laughs> the white devil, Shane. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Oh man, let's let's finish this up. So okay. Uh, but yeah, she speaks, we, we see her getting her name again. She speaks, she says, Violet. And he's like, what? You can talk. And she's like, major. And like, uh, that's apparently the first time she spoke. And he says, I didn't think you can understand me. And then we get a few scenes where the major is teaching her to read. And then he teaches her to write and she gives him a report and he says, all right, I want you to write me a report daily. And she says, understood. And then we see Violet again at his grave. So we get one last bit in the present before it goes into all flashbacks. Violet's back at his grave, and she hears all these voices. She hears Lady Evergarden. Oh, I'm sure D3, uh, I'm sure Gilbert can rest in peace. She hears Hodges uh, in her head saying, you know, uh, well, you have to understand this, and he's MIA. She hears D3 in her head saying that uh, uh, Gilbert is before she cut him off and ran away, and she's just staring at the grave, and then it goes black. And that's when you know the rest of this is all flashback. It's mm-hmm. all just past. And presumably all or most of the next episode as well. So flashback, we're back at the first scene. Uh, that very first scene in episode one where they're walking down this uh, this road and there's people selling stuff yeah. and whatnot. And Gilbert explains it's Thanksgiving. Uh, the tradition here is to give gifts to those that they're thankful for on Thanksgiving. That's just, crazy. Why not just wait a few weeks and do it on Christmas, you ding dongs? I wish we could just do it back to back. Let's just let's just all give each other gifts always. Monthly Christmas. Monthly Christmas. Um. So Gilbert asks Violet what she wants and he explains that these people are only able to do this because of her because she was able to help them liberate this this city and this whole area. <laughs> <clears throat> by killing a bunch of people hey bummer dude it's war let's be honest but um he says uh he asks what what would she want and she does not understand that and he says well i want to thank you and she's like for fighting he's like well sure but i just wanted to show you that i'm appreciative and she says uh, okay well i'll think of something to give you is to ask you to give me if that is your order he says it's not an order just what do you want <laughs> Because yeah. she do, just does not get it. And she... I like because she, she goes... She goes, well... He's like, well, girls around your age like mm-hmm. dresses and... She she asks what would be appropriate to ask for. And he's like, well, girls your age would like dresses and accessories. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, all right, I would like some dresses and accessories. It's very yeah. cute. But also she's like fucking 12 and just murdered a bunch of people. So how cute is it, Roger? Well, you know, shit happens. Throw a dress and accessory on her, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. So she sees that brooch, and I said before. So I, I do want to go into this. I said before <clears throat> when when we saw that first scene that she says it's the same color as your eyes. What is this feeling? And he looks, and I said the look that he gives her. He seems like he's a little bit annoyed. Like he has this weird, uh, like when she says that as he looks at her. And I said, I wrote down here, the look is maybe not annoyance, but maybe concern. And she says, it's the same color as your eyes. And maybe, and I say, maybe it's, maybe it's worry that she's becoming attached to him. Cause like, that's, it's kind of a, a big thing to say. It's the same color mm-hmm. as your eyes. I feel this feeling when I look at it. What is this? And then I, I wrote, I'm trying to figure out like what this dude is thinking. I wrote down, I'm not sure it's very complex and layered, whatever it is, because he's, He's got this weird look on his face when this when she's saying this, and she says, "What is it called? This feeling?" And he brought he buys the brooch for her, and he says right here, he says, "Are you sure you don't want the one that's the color of your eyes?" 
And I'm like, well, okay, why did he ask that? Is he afraid that she's feeling these emotions for him that she clearly is not capable of comprehending? Or maybe he's the one that's unsure of his emotions as well. I don't know what's going on, but it seems like he was trying to talk her out of getting this thing that obviously holds a very big significance to her about him. So I don't know what's going on in this dude's head, Yeah, but it's, it's I'm some just shit. I'm going to assume that he's, you know, not ready to be a father and the love that he does feel for her is fatherly love. Maybe. She's I don't 12, know. dude. She is. Well, you saw a 14-year-old get married. Chill out. 10 was old enough to get married for that girl's family. This is the world we're in. Wait, 10 for... That girl, she said when she turned 10 at her 10th oh, birthday yeah, party 10th birthday. for you. her family that's old enough to get married. So, Jesus Christ. And it's fucking... Remember, this is a vaguely European nation. It's fucking white people, am I right? Yeah. Anyway. White devil! <laughs> You're the worst, and I hate you. Oh, Jesus, that was a big spike on the audio. You're going to have to level Some that. Some people are going to gonna be listening to this. They're like, these hey, guys wait talking a minute. about the white devil. Hey, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. All right. So, they're they're going to check our races. But yeah, the, the whole, we are. Wow. <laughs> they will. You already said you're not they white. You need, to, you need to chill. What are you talking about? I'm not white. Fuck off, Roger. You're the worst. Don't you put that evil on me. Anyway. <laughs> um... But yeah, I I wrote down. I'm I'm really not sure what he's what's going on here. Um, like I said, uh, afraid that she's feeling emotions for him that she can't comprehend. Maybe he's the one that's unsure of his emotions as well. Um, either way, there's a chance that we'll never actually know what he meant. But could that "I love you" that he said later have been like a confession just because he was dying? Would he have even said that if he wasn't so sure he was about to die? Like I don't know what's going on here. But she says. She when she bought when she was talking to the lady selling the brooch about it, the the woman tells her it's a beautiful brooch, isn't it? And she says, I don't understand that word. Is it pretty? Is it like pretty? Oh, yes, of course. And she says here when she's talking to him that your eyes, I thought when I saw your eyes uh, that they were beautiful. I thought they were beautiful ever since we met. And he's uh, he, he doesn't really say anything there. He just takes the brooch and pins it to her, but he does not look at her after he does. He just looks down, and he starts tearing up a little bit. He doesn't look at her after he pins the brooch on. Again, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's up with this dude. I wrote down what is going on in Gilbert's head. Uh, I'm really interested to see where this goes, but I don't know, man. I don't know who's feeling what or what's going on. I feel like it's pretty obvious that even if she doesn't understand what these feelings are, Violet feels a whole lot of love for this guy, if only because he's the only one that's ever shown her any kind of affection at all. And that Gilbert, I don't know what's up with him. I don't know what he's thinking right now. Maybe he's not sure of his emotions. Maybe he's concerned about her emotions. I don't know. But he keeps having this weird look on his face. He gives her the brooch and pins it on her, and he's like standing there crying a little bit. I don't know what's up. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea, but it's very interesting and I, I can't wait to find out because I feel like it's going to break my witty heart. So we cut to the Western front. Gilbert and Violet are standing on these big ramparts. Hodges approaches. We see Hodges. Whoa, Hodges. You look exactly the same. Everybody does. Um, Gilbert immediately salutes. Uh, Hodges don't like that. He complains about uh, only being sent to places that, quote, we could win. And Gilbert points out that, well, your rich family is doing a lot of financing, so that gets you that privilege and whatnot. And uh, Hodges is like, ah, come on, man. He throws an arm around him. And Violet is like, and like grabs for her 
her knife or whatever. Like she is very much on guard. And then Gilbert's like, no, 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 no. It's okay. Violet, uh, uh, Hodges is a friend, even though he's older than me. We went, we were in class together, blah, blah, blah. And Hodges looks at her and he remembers Violet from the training grounds. And he says, oh, she's still by your side, huh? She's the one who wreaked uh, havoc in Capria, isn't she? And he uh, he asks, are you taking her too intense? We know that this is the big battle. This is where it all went down, apparently. And Gilbert says, well, it will likely be the last fight. And Hodges asks, uh, talks to Gilbert as he's leaving. He uh, says that once this is over, I'm going to start a company and... Uh, Maybe you'll maybe you'll come work for me once the war is over. And Gilbert says, I wouldn't want you as my boss. And he says, all right, fine. Maybe I'll hire Violet. And Gilbert's like, you yeah, know, it's not a bad idea. Fuck off, Gilbert. Anyway, it's just setting everything up. Whatever. Um, well, I mean, uh, Hodges says in the very first episode that Gilbert wanted yeah. him to come get her. Yeah, I get it. It's just, eh. This notes. is that aha moment. We get aha. that. The aha moment. Oh, okay so i'm still freaked out about gilbert though like okay did he think that and then he like maybe he's not actually dead maybe he's in hiding and he's i i don't know but how when did he tell hodges i really have a feeling that he's dead i don't know if he is man i'm i'm really getting the feeling that he's not and i don't know what happens but i don't think it's gonna be good i think he's dead i don't know man i think that fuck is gonna show up He's going to have, like, a peg leg and an eye patch, and he's going to say, I'm Big Boss or something. No, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen, dude. Maybe. I don't know, man. I think he's going to show up. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, Violet has a brief conversation with Gilbert about, uh, she says she's concerned. She doesn't, am I going to be sent away once the fighting is over? Am I going to go work for me, uh, for Hodges? And have I have I done something wrong and Gilbert says no you've done nothing wrong look we're the fighting's about to start we'll talk about this later and the plan is for Gilbert and his company to infiltrate through the sewers while the enemy is distracted by mortar fire and it uh and that's the plan and it goes well enough they they get in Violet uh cuts some throats uh the mortar fire starts right on time and they all run into this uh this uh i don't know if it's a city or just like a fortress it must be some kind of city because there's like a church there which is where the shit really goes down but they uh it's called intense which again is fucking fitting because shit gets real intense here and um it goes well enough they follow violet uh, like all the soldiers are basically just following her gilbert even says follow her like because she is just moving as she's mowing people down she's again taking guns shooting dudes stabbing them and cutting throats and whatnot she is whipping all the ass uh some of the troops once they they get to a point where they're like kind of uh you know in cover behind some uh some big pillars while uh they're taking fire and whatnot and the company says oh we've already lost people from this squad and that squad and he says all right we'll split what's remaining uh a squad b squad whatever you come with me and the rest of you you know hold the hold this area or whatever and they take off they go for this cathedral uh gilbert his men a few of his men and violet they enter and there is almost immediately an ambush from this big balcony that goes around this big uh this big vestibule like this big area in the middle and violet sees it a second before it starts and she's like major and she like pulls him out of the way they get behind something pretty much everyone else is just gunned down immediately um and they kind of like look at each other and nod and then she runs out and like this is just 
outrageous, but she runs out in the middle of this area and is pretty much drawing like as much of the fire as she can while also taking shots. Uh, she's just dipping and diving between bullets while she's blasting these dudes in this balcony. And Gilbert from cover there where they were is just taking pot shots at them. And between the two of them, they get it all done. They manage to take all these dudes out, but major does get hit and they both survive and they make it to an upper level outside, like on a balcony. And he fires off a flare, which is a signal for everyone to charge. And they do charge and everyone starts running in. And for a second, they relax. And the major kind of like, he's looking real tired and like, oh, Jesus. Like, it was so intense. And he's <laughs> intense. Um, and he says, uh, he just stands there for a second. And for just a moment, he <coughs> smiles. And he starts to turn to look at Violet. And then, shoo, boom, shot around the eye catch a bullet right in the right eye and the last thing we see is he he like falls down blood streaming out of his eye and violet like you see her for a second like what and you see like the soldiers over here that actually fired the shot apparently and the last image we see in this episode is just these roaring flames from below this balcony and her screaming major like she's so like oh my god he might be dead Mm -hmm. and it's really intense man um, and I get the feeling that next episode we're going to see exactly how Violet lost those arms and a bit more of what happened that yeah. night. I but... think we'll see what happens to the major here. Oh boy, it is. I don't know, man. That's a pretty. That's a pretty big one there. So we'll find out. But that I'm is episode sure he eight, did, dude. I, I don't know. Good All right, I'm taking had. bets. I'm taking bets. Um, I I'm gonna put it out. I think he's alive. I think he's alive. I think we're gonna find him. I think he did, dude. I think I think he's alive. I think if uh, he if he's not like you know up and moving around, he's laying in a bed somewhere, but he's alive. Yeah, I think he's dead. I All think, right, we'll find out. I think that the lessons won't be as meaningful for Violet if he's not dead. I think I think what's I, I, what I'm thinking is how can they fuck with me the worst? And I think the way I think the way they could fuck with me the worst is if he's alive, but then like either either doesn't remember violet when she finds him mm-hmm. or it turns out he didn't actually love her or something that's what i'm thinking i don't know if that's what's going to happen but i think he's alive okay we'll see what happens dude. anyway that's episode eight uh next week for all of our good buddy universe out there we will be covering episodes nine through is it 13 no nine, nine through 12 13 nine through 13 yeah, Jesus. Nine, through 13. nine ten eleven twelve five episodes so it's gonna be a little bit longer than usual i feel like we yeah we're used to running long if yeah. we're being honest but it's gonna happen so be ready for that one and that's it for the recap this time so moving on do we have some listener questions? We do have some questions. Oh, uh, we got some questions. We got some questions. Oh, sweet solo, bro. Too much. Too much. Too much. Okay. There's our solo. There's that sweet, sweet solo. It was so good. All right. All right. Hit me, right. with it. Hit me with it, All big right, boy. Let's get these questions. <clears throat> First, we'll go with... Uh, we'll go with Clayton this week. He has a pretty simple question. What is Moe? What is Moe? You might remember in the last batch of episodes we did for gamers, 
Our good buddy Keita loved Samoe characters. Yeah, and my understanding is it's just like characters that are clearly like female, usually. They're very, very they're like cute. Super they're, cutesy. They're meant yeah. to like, you know, you're supposed to be horny for them, right? No, not really. Not necessarily. They're like, they're just the overly, overly really cute characters. Very huggable characters. Um, the waifus. Yeah. They're, just, they're, they're, just the, the, they're the most adorable characters. That's what a moe is. Um, let's see. I bet I can find a definition of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I googled it that time when we were talking about it. But What is moe? I don't know. I don't... The it's old googler. What does moe mean in the context of anime? Um, a generally accepted definition is... That a young girl drawn in an art style also named a moe can consist of moe. Here's a yada yada yada. Where the hell is the definition? I mean, I feel like you were reading it and then yada yada yada. <laughs> no, it it was not. It didn't go into the damn definition. It just started showing pictures. Uh, well, there's there's your definition. Look at these pictures. Yeah, look at all these pictures. Here we go. Define moe. All right. Um, well, I found a band called Mo. <laughs> uh, Japanese slang loan word that refers to feelings of strong affections, mainly toward characters, usually female, in anime, manga, and video games. Moe, however, has also gained uses to refer to feelings of affection toward any subject related to the feelings of cuteness a character can evoke in oneself. The word Moe originated in the late 1980s and early 1990s in Japan and is of uncertain origin. Although there are several theories on how it came into use, Moe characters have expanded uh, through Japanese media and have contributed positively to the Japanese economy. Uh, contests both online and in the real world exist for moe type things, including one run by one of the Japanese game rating boards. Uh, various notable commentators, such as Bloody Blood, look at all these names, uh, giving a take on moe. Yeah, you Bloody Blood. I did, but I mean, it's just people. Um, which doesn't actually talk about the thing. Here, here's, here's a. What? Never mind. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's just talking about. Cutesy characters. Yeah, Moe is a cutesy. term used to describe something precious, cute, huggable, uh, usually, but not always, uh, and the idea of youthful and innocent femininity. 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 It's the worst. Why are you so bad? All right. So there you go. That's what that yeah. is. I don't know. Do you have an opinion on that? They're cutesies. Yeah. They're cutesy poops. I'm fine with them. Bunch of little cutesy It doesn't bother poops. me. I don't... I mean, why would it? They're just cute. I'm not things. like, uh, what was... Uh, Chiaki? Chiaki, yeah. She hated him. I mean, her whole thing was that, like, it. I think her... What she was talking about is how, like, the stories and stuff take a back seat to cutesy characters. Yeah, to the Moe characters. Which I would, I would agree like, with. The best part? I mean, that's the thing. I like, to, I like to sit down and enjoy a good story. If it's mostly just, like like look at these cutesy characters in the situation, yeah. there's like, okay, that's fine, but also, like, I could just you know, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for a story. So I, mm-hmm. I get it. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Hey, cutesy we got, we got Thanks one. for the question, Clayton. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We got one from um, from our good buddy, Ellison. Ellison. Do you know of any strong female leads more interesting than Revy from Black Lagoon? So I don't know what that is. We talked about it earlier, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh, she, so she is super hardcore. 
She whoops a little ass, she eats a little cheeseburger, <laughs> and she curses a whole lot. So she sounds like a fun time. I need to watch this show, obviously. I actually looked it up, and it is on Verve, so I'll probably give that a check at she some point. She shoots people up, man. She that sounds like a good time. You think of a real badass character, and you just you make it a female, and boom, you got her. Well, okay, make it a female sounds kind of... Well, it's not what I mean, so. I know that's not what you mean, but it sounds... Like you think- derivative, like it sounds not great, yeah. but I get what you're saying. Um, I think the the first one that like comes a to mind, Spike Spiegel or something. All right, but um, my first thought for that would go to uh, probably the major from yeah from uh, cool. Ghost in the Shell. She she's might be. Badass. She's probably is more intense than Spike Spiegel. <laughs> yeah, that guy does it. Talks a lot of jokes. Yeah. Um, I she's was saying. Intense. Uh, there's one that I'd always heard was really good and I never watched mostly because for the longest the only place I could find it was on Amazon where you can't actually watch it you have to buy it and it's like no joke 46 fucking dollars for the full season in high definition so I was like well fuck that but I actually when we were talking about this I looked it up it is on Verve so I'm for sure gonna watch this at some point um, and again I've not I've not watched it obviously but I've heard that it's very very good and I know that it has a the main character is a is a badass lady and it is called I'm just gonna pull it up real quick so I can make sure I'm saying this right uh Michiko and Hatchin which as I understand it well here's the just the blurb from uh Crunchyroll it says Michiko is a stunning escaped convict with lethal looks and a deadly disrespect for the law. Hatchin is a hapless orphan pushed to the breaking point by the sadistic spawn of her evil foster parents. On their own, these chicas, because it's it all apparently takes place in South America, um, are nothing more than a yin and searching for its yang. But when fate, in the form of a mysterious hombre from their past, brings them together, the world better watch out. From what I've heard, this show's amazing. Um, the main character is a, uh, black Brazilian lady who just looks badass. She rides a badass motorcycle and she shoots a lot of guns and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It looks fucking great. But yeah. if I had to guess, I would say that show, that yeah. Michigo from that show. Well, but he also again, haven't say seen it. he, he says more interesting, more interesting. Yeah. I don't so know. Cause I, I don't have a frame mean, of reference I guess per se that it has to be more badass. Well, that's the thing. I haven't, I haven't seen that show that I we're feel talking like the about. Major is a pretty interesting character. Major's pretty great. There's a whole lot of stuff going on, especially the standalone complex. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, that's going a really, on yeah, those are really, those are really good shows. <clears throat> um, I got to rewatch those. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't. Uh, again, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of out on this question because yeah. I haven't seen that show. I don't know the character, so I kind of have to take a backseat on this. Well, one. now you gotta watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it at some point for sure. Um, there's so much shit I'm watching right I'd now. Jesus. Say, I guess if I had to pick, I'd say Lena Inverse from the Slayers. Don't know what that is either. Jesus, man, it's a classic. Cry. <laughs> She's awesome. She's. I think she could be one of the. I don't know my my anime history that well, but this the Slayer's from the '90s, mm-hmm. and I don't know when the manga for it was written exactly, but um, it it's, in that time it wasn't too often to have you know female leads or whatever, especially ones that were kind of as intense as Lena was, because she was she's kind of like foul mouthed and she's hot tempered, but she's a really really awesome character. And uh, the the anime pioneered like fantasy anime and stuff that sounds to the next level. It's very good. That's one of those I got. Um, that's one of them classics I got to watch. That's a very long series, so probably not. Then all right, thanks for the tip, hole, dude. Um, um, 
I, I, my I love for point. my love for the Reader Die series I've talked about before. I think Yomiko from that mm-hmm. from that uh, movie is really great. Riel from Ergo Proxy is also another really good one. Sure. Um. Yeah, man. Thanks, Ellison. That was a good question. That's really great. First time question asked. Ellison. Who's Ellison? What Ellison. 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 Never heard of him. Hold up. <laughs> you mean Tuki? It's Tuki. Yeah, it's Tuki. <laughs> oh, my good buddy Tuki. Um, all right, final question. Thanks for the question, bud. All right, From what you got? good buddy, Renuk the Brave. Oh, shit, bring it. I'm scared. <clears throat> what anime series would you like to be in, and what role, or what would your role be? Ooh, Jesus. I was actually, huh. You go first. You go first with this I'm one. I'm thinking. All right. <laughs> I would say... Uh, knee-jerk reaction what series would i like to be in just because i i really off the top of my head i really enjoy the world and again i can't shut up about how pretty it is probably violet evergarden that shit's beautiful and i could just like be a delivery dude and like you know have me a job and live and work you could be a writer shane i could be a writer shane <laughs> i took my daughter shane <laughs> that's fucked up although i feel like i would i would do a lot more crying if i was in that show i don't know i don't know what uh what to go with it seems like a fun world. I would have to pick Pokemon, dude. <laughs> well, okay, that's cheating. Roll Elite Four. <laughs> the worst. The best there is, dude. Yeah, but you still get whooped on. I don't get whooped on, dude. What, what's your okay? Level. What's your what's your type? You have to have a type. What's you have to have a type Pokemon? What's your type, bro? Mm. Let's both go with this one. You first. You first, asshole. I know what your type is. It's legendary. <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> Legendaries. You. You're um, still mad that I beat you with a team with a single legendary on the I team. I had no legendaries on my I team. I had a single one. That Zygarde was ridiculous. I didn't even use him the first time we fucking battled. Yeah, and I whipped well, your the next time, ass. he took out every single character because I killed all your other stuff. You didn't kill all my other stuff. Yes, that I is did. untrue. Either you way. You got your monkey ass whooped on because oh, you were like, he's got that Zygarde. I didn't even use him. And you were like, he's got that Zygarde. And I was like, fine, I'll just use Zygarde. And I whipped your ass. Dragon type Pokemon. Yo, a dragon. Nice yeah. one, Lance. What a fucking loser. Yeah. Oh, I walk in yeah, with yeah. one with one fucking uh uh decent ice ice type. Just whip your ass. Oh, well, I'd be having me an ice dragon. Mm-hmm. Do they have those? I think so. What's it called? Oh, this is your type. You're supposed to know. I can't remember. There you go, Googling shit. Yeah, dude, I got the Googler. Uh, I got it right here. I would probably go with dark type. Dark type's really good. I like dark type. Ghost type is cool too. Yeah, ghost type's good, but I mean, I don't know. Ghost type, dark type, <clears throat> get your spirit tomb in there, and ain't nobody fucking with you. Let's see. Um, what's another one that'd be good? I would say Dragon Ball, but There's that assumes one, that uh, I would have uh, Kiram. Oh yeah, the legendary. legendary. Yeah, no, Mister No Legendaries over here. Yeah, no legendary. I might go. Uh, I'm. I, I mean, it's it's hard not to think Dragon Ball, but also like I would just die. Yeah, Dragon Ball. Saiyan, assuming yeah. assuming I'm not. A Saiyan or something, and even then, you need a lot of fighting. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight no more. You don't want to go to Outlaw Star? Oh man, that'd be cool. You want to go to Evangelion? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Not there. Um, I don't know, man. That's a toughie. If I had to, if I had to live in one, the thing is, a lot of the ones I like are like slice of life type shit. Mm -hmm. So it's like already real life student. (laughs) Yeah, I just do that again. (laughs) I don't want to go back to school for sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I already said I, I, Violet Evergarden's a pretty obvious one. Pokemon's a good choice, obviously. 
Digimon can go fuck itself because it's not good. I don't that's know. cool. No, that's okay. I couldn't fuck with Digimon. The, I could not live in Digimon. The anime for Digimon was way better than Pokemon. Oh, it was good, but I could not live in Digimon. Is what I'm saying. I oh, could not live in that get, world. You get messed up in Digimon. Yeah, you would just you just get fucked. You just die. Pokemon, you're not gonna get messed up. Digimon, you'll get messed up. I want to. I want to catch all the Kakunas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teach them all how to harden. You're a pro at it. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck you. Just fuck you. Uh, right, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's. What else? I don't know what else. Yeah, I think those are those are pretty good answers. I want to think of a good mech one, but I also don't want to get my ass blown up in space. So. You definitely would, though. Yeah, I probably would. Um. Let's go with the mech series where it's like friendly. I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go back to read or die so I can be a paper master. That seems fun. Hmm. Let's fuck people up with a car. Oh, dude. My Hero Academia, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Get you a quirk, whip some ass. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, know, what's your, what's a... your quirk, bro? What's your quirk? Oh, dude. Um... Bonus points if it's not one that's been on the show already. <laughs> <sighs> oh, he's really struggling. It's the Damn, dead air song. All of them are there. It's the dead air song. You sing it so there's no spots with dead air. Come on, man. Uh, laser beam hands. Karate chop through anything. <laughs> you just like your 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 lightsaber hands. You just yeah. swing. All right, sure. Um, My Hero Academia would be a good one. Yeah, but I could be a villain too, because that that'd be you could. awesome too. You'd be a you'd be a bad bad boy. Um. Huh, dude? What would your power be? Let me guess. Harden. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I turn into I turn into rock just like that. Uh, what's his? Is it Kirishima? Is that the guy who turns into rock? Um, uh, I I yeah. actually him and uh, what is Tetsu 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 Tetsu. Yeah, the other guy, the, the the one who turns into metal or whatever. I so one of my hobbies is actually trying to think of superpowers that have I haven't seen done before, or if I have, or maybe done in a way I haven't seen before. I got two that would be cool. One is um, I want to be able to ricochet shit. So like if I see something moving, I can like change the direction it's going. Like that's it. So like if someone shoots a bullet at me, I can just make it go ping and fly off this way. Like that's a thing. Or because that's the thing. That show like has a bunch of crazy superpowers that don't actually like that one fucker. All right. Spoilers because you haven't actually seen the new season yet. So I won't say it. But there's a dude with some ridiculous shit coming out of his mouth. Um, Oh, nice. uh, Another one I thought would be cool is I always thought it'd be cool if you had like uh, like Phoenix type powers, but specifically not like, oh, like like Phoenix from X-Men. Like, oh, I'm on fire and I'm psychic. No, 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 no. I mean, like. A phoenix dies and then is reborn from its ashes. I'm saying I don't have sh- any powers at all, but if I die, I fucking explode and I come back. That'd be fucking cool. So I'm literally just a suicide bomber at that point, <laughs> which is fucked up. Guys, we got, a, we got a big fortress of bad guys down there. We can't even get in. What are we going to do? Just drop Brandon on top of him. Oh, God. Squish. <laughs> yeah. And then I just come walking out like, okay, someone give me pants. <laughs> my pants <laughs> alrighty guys that was a well, that was a fun question that yep. we went way off track with yeah, thanks <laughs> we just for started Nick. talking about Pokemon and Thank superpowers you, yeah but that was a good one man appreciate you alright well I guess we can do our little uh, like 
plugs. Let's, let's, let's get our plugs plug out. Plug things, yeah. So where can we find these episodes and whatnot? You can find us on Stitcher, on Podbean, Podbeans. on Google Play, on iTunes, on YouTube, on TuneIn Radio. I use Podcast Addict. Yeah. You can find us. Our, our main place where I upload all the stuff is podcast.com. CastBox. You can also find us there. We're everywhere. Um, We're also on YouTube, obviously. Pretty much everywhere but uh, Spotify. Not Spotify. It's hard to get Whoop-de-boop. on there. Boop. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, hey, we're up to 10 episodes. That's a good track. Yeah, wherever you are, if you're listening to us somewhere, give us all them stars. If you're on Leave YouTube, a, subscribe even if, to Even if you channel. didn't like it, give us some stars and then tell us what you didn't like. Yeah. But, you know, we, we won't know if you don't tell us, buddy. Yeah. Love you. So leave us a nice review. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out. Be on- sure to comment anywhere you can if you want to talk to us. There are ways to find us. Uh, we have the we have Instagram. It's under Rapid Kick Media. We have once again the Twitter. It's at TGB underscore Anime Pod. That is all lowercase. We got the Good Buddies Universe on Facebook. Yep. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, we also have the Tumblr, thegoodbuddies.tumblr.com. Again, not not a whole whole hell of a lot going on there, but I'm posting episodes and memes. There's yep. a lot of memes on there. We're good shit. There. But uh, yeah, man, <clears throat> I would of course like to give a shout out to our good buddies, Married with Sea Monsters, aka the Mary Janes, for the use yep. of our opening theme, Paper Doll, and our good buddy Petty Theft for our outro theme. Does our good buddy Petty Theft have like a website or something? Uh, yes, he does. It's in the links in the description below. <laughs> uh, you don't remember what it is. No, I called you out and I it, fucked well, up. No, it's it's he's on SoundCloud for sure. And I under think petty he, theft, yeah, petty theft, two T's at the end. Nice, and of course, uh, uh, Mary was seeing monsters on Mary was seeing monsters mm-hmm. Check them the fuck out, and I think we got there. Yeah, man. You dropping us or am I dropping us? Well, let's just remind everybody that we will be, of course, be back uh, next week with the final five episodes yep. of Violet Evergarden. Episodes Join us for that. nine through thirteen. We'll probably do Violet some more singing, Evergarden. and um, we'll be announcing what we're doing next. Yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do next. And uh, from all of us uh, at the Good Bunny Universe, I'm Good Buddy Brandon. And I'm your Good Buddy Roger. One, two, three, drop. Yeah.